The Dude Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dude Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul. I spent my weekend driving aimlessly through Fife. He's been on off the ball to promote some wee walk that he's doing. Thanks very much to our guest John Rankin for last week and his stories of big mad nads, Paul Payton, Scrugglers, big moments and more as we delved into his football career. And you can join the conversation on our socials. We are at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, walking from Tynecastle, first impressions of the melon, fixtures, new kits, 50-50 draws on this day with the Arab Archive, and Charlie Miller is our special guest. It's all coming up on episode 55 of the Dode Fox Podcast. Hi, I'm Johnny Russell and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the Dode Fox Podcast. It is episode 55, a uh, cracking couple of episodes that we've had John Rankin absolute pleasure last week to have him on some great stories as well and the uh I was just saying to Paul before we come on I replayed the clip back we put up on social media on Saturday of him screaming in the dear chief G what a man eh what a crazy cat that boy what, was what a madman <laughs> <laughs> talking of mad men <laughs> here's, yes. a, here's a segue for you time castle to Tanadice. talk to us how this come about uh, Christ knows, just absolute buffoonery on the part of myself and Big Andy Crichton. It was a conversation that we had on uh, on Monday evening, and it was basically Andy, Andy and me. Like we we like to go for walks, as a few people will know from our social media where we post shite about it. And uh, Andy said to me, "My no," and I'll stick to them. And he just said, "Look, I would like to do something. I would like to something positive, you know." And I was like, well, how do we not do a sponsored walk? And he was like, ah, definitely. So straight away, he was up for that. And then we were thinking, right, but can we, where do we do it to? And just thinking, like, there's no point in saying, well, I'll just walk around Dundee or we could walk over the Day Road Bridge a couple of Easy times. Work for you. Exactly. Work. No, exactly. Exactly. And it's not that, like, people have done that before. I'm sweating uh, so, at the thought of that. Jesus. <laughs> so I just threw out Tynecastle. I says, "Well, Tynecastle makes sense because they're they're one of the teams that are taking us to court." And uh, straight away, the big man fired back, "Let's do it!" And then that was that was Monday evening. Uh, slept on it. I woke up. I still thought that's a pretty decent idea. And then we just uh, we got the GoFundMe page set up. Although I was swithering on that because it was a bit of a leap of faith because I thought people are either going to kind of get behind us a wee bit or they're just going to think that we are absolute idiots for even suggesting this so so I wasn't sure but I thought you know what bugger it so I created it sent it and the the, the target of £1,000 looks utterly foolish now I'm quite happy to say that because like as it stands we're now sitting at £35,000 and I just can't believe it. My, my life has changed <laughs> this last five days uh, and hopefully it goes back to normal after it. But it's just been incredible, Ron. It's been incredible. Uh, the amount of messages coming in, the amount of phone calls I've had to field, it's uh, it's, it's mental. The Absolutely mental. Media darling. Hey, <laughs> been in the paper. You're on off the ball yesterday. You know, last week you recall them a pair of wankers. Look at you now, eh? Best mates with them, eh? Best mates. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm meeting up with Stuart and Tom on Tuesday for drinks. Uh, <laughs> no, but I was uh, I was quite nervous before. Like I, I I do get quite nervous with stuff like this, and people are people think 
and say to me, like, but you do a podcast, we're on. How, what do you get nervous? I'm like, I get nervous about that, okay? So I barely slept on Friday night. I wasn't a, I wasn't a myself on Saturday morning. I was kind of panicking about going on because anybody that's listened to their show, like, I, I think it's great. I've listened to it for years. Mm. Uh, but they, they, us, they usually rip the piss out of their guests, but not in a bad way. So I was thinking, oh, I'm completely setting myself up here to get ripped to shreds. And they'll probably freeze, so I'll not have any decent comebacks on them. But it, it went smoothly enough anyway. They didn't really rip the piss, unless they'd done it after I hung up. I'm not sure. Uh, but it was great. But on to the actual walk itself. The amount of people that have been in touch, offering support. I mean, the group chat that me and you go on about all the time, Ron, that we're in. Uh, Sue, Show, Jen, Martin, well, Helen and let's Andrew. Be honest, they, they two have taken over anyway. <coughs> I'm surprised they're not doing the work now. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, but, but they'll they'll be there though. They'll be there. So they guys, they guys have helped, and as you say, they've pretty much helped with everything. You know, we've got. Uh, I think that's because got, women didn't trust you to make a decision on how to walk and where to walk. I think that's. Oh, what we it know is. how to. Yeah, no, we know how to walk. Just know where. Where to walks. No, exactly. Yeah. Your typical like, man kind of follow directions. If it was left to me and Andy, we'd end up in barracks scratching our heads thinking, wait a minute here, we've took a, we've took a left instead of a right. Uh, but yeah, they, they've sorted everything out. Uh, we've got Angela through in Edinburgh, a listener. She's she's plotting the route, the, the, the safest and quickest route for Tynecastle to the bridge because some of the threats that we've seen online as well are... Uh, but I'm, I'm not taking it overly seriously. If there's people that show up, then there's people that show up. I hope that doesn't happen because that's absolutely know what we're we're looking uh, to be becoming involved in like me and Andy are two of the most unassuming guys that you'll ever see like we don't I'm not looking to lose any teeth over this walk I'm just want, want to raise a wee bit of money uh, we'll, we'll get to Tynecastle and uh, probably under the cover of darkness and hopefully Noel Berry's Berry bus's camouflage I've never seen it so I'm hoping it is because Noel's Noel's been good enough to, to offer to take us through so we'll get that done uh I'm going to be preparing like an athlete because I've been in touch with Kev County. Kev's just started a business, Kev's Kitchen, so I've got some meals for him so that uh, I'm on point. I'll be I'll be raring to go by the time that we get started. Is there any... Got, is, there uh, any is, is there any... Is these companies paying sponsorship plugs here? Because what's going on? Many other companies were rattling off you. I'm, I'm just thinking, <laughs> boys. There's no sponsorship going on. So you've got your on. transport, you've got your food on the lead up to it. Yes. How much, uh, or what's, what's the the plan for the, the walk? You know, is it snacks? Is it meals? Is it constant hydration? You know, what's going to be in that? I mean, I'm assuming the uh, infamous lemon curd pieces will be there. I'll probably have them in my bag, yeah. But there's going to be, we've got a couple of, I think Sue and Show, they're, they're keen to have uh, stuff in a car and they're going to meet us at however, whatever mile marker that uh, we come to decide on. Uh, so that we don't have to carry too much. But uh, I, I just, you know what, all joking aside, I just want to get it started. I just want to get the thing started because I'm no used to people getting in touch with us all the time. Like I've got a full-time job as well and I can't really, I'm struggling to get it done <laughs> because of all the nonsense around this. Uh, but it's 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 such a great thing. It really is. Uh, what else happened? Arab Trust, they've, they've sent me an Andy face coverings, snoods, I'm not sure if that's so that we're in camouflage and we could duck and dive when we're in Gorgi, <laughs> but, but they'll be getting used. Uh, I've also got to return a phone call to uh, Jed Bell from the Supporters Foundation. I, I missed a call for him this morning, so I'll return that. 
and we got offered. And by uh, the way, Jed, have he still not done it? This is his reminder when this goes out no, on no. a Monday. I'll, I'll, I'll do it after. Come on, Jed, listening, going, ah, oh, big bastards, no phone me back, yeah. <laughs> no, I will do. I will do. And uh, yeah, the United Club Shop offered us a t-shirt and a waterproof jacket. But as, as luck would have it, they, they got in touch and said, come in, we'll get your size. So I was like, right, cool, straight away. First thing Saturday morning, they didn't want to appear too keen. So I waited until two minutes past nine. And uh, they were like, right, you could get into their t-shirts. And I was wearing it. It was the United <laughs> Championship winning t-shirt. They said, what about the coat? Uh, that's the waterproof jacket. I was like, I've got that. Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, big T still got it. Uh, Mr. Asgar's got uh, he's got a monopoly on the Gilets he's got the man he says so so I, I never got anything but the offer was there mm. and that uh, was greatly appreciated and the um, for people that maybe missed your uh, your off the ball appearance there was obviously a mention of, of of the route but you are going through deepest darkest Fife yeah it's because it's the the shortest route mm-hmm. uh, mile wise I think we'll maybe take off five to ten miles but you can't know me and Andy like we're going to take a wrong turn somewhere so we'll end up walking about 80 miles and what is we'll finish the, uh, on Monday morning what is the miles what's the total miles going to sit around without taking a detour yes yeah following it's, following it's, the route as Google Maps may tell you yeah well we think it's about 57, 58 mm. and that does not include running into a field for a jobby and then back onto the truck don't leave so we'll or are you parking bog mm. roll in your uh, hipper? I think you need it. I think you need it. Uh, I, th- I mean, well, hi, Brown Dundee United podcast. This, how are you wiping your arse in the field? That's what I'm asking you right now. I don't know. Well, that's not my issue. It's washing my hands after it because, like, we gave it some sound advice <laughs> a couple of weeks back. Listen, just a bit of hand sanitizer is <laughs> all you need, right? There is limit. <laughs> right. Sometimes you need to. I mean, I haven't even got into the story. I mean, shite myself near enough last Sunday, but that's a story for another day, right? And that was carnage, 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 I tell you. Then I've just to wash my hands, I had to wash the mat, everything, right? And if people are eating their breakfast of this, I'm sorry, but it happened. I'm a grown man at 37, and there was took doing a peg or two by the missus because she was raging, right? So I'm going to say. Hor- horrified. She was horrified, absolutely horrified. But that's a, that's a total different story. I think we are a little bit of hand sanitizer in your bag, uh, some baby wipes. Uh, I'm assuming Definite you're going to have yeah. a couple of, well, we, we we call them scheme showers or fintry showers just for a bit of a laugh as you're going to yep. deodorant yourself on the way around. I know yeah, yeah. uh, uh, this might be a rumour, but you're you're going to be changing your clothes fully in Sue's car or is that a normal occurrence or is that something I've just made up? Well, I, I just call that Sunday afternoon. Yeah, good. Normally. Good, I thought that. Uh, Glad yeah. you wait till this is finished for you there. <laughs> right can we speak about football run get off of this this walk that we're doing listen uh, just, just be, be, in case people uh, do switch off something during, um, on this day because they might let's just mention this wee note that I've found at the bottom of our notes because sometimes this is actually planned I mean that that whole bit there about how, what he was doing in the field wasn't that but anyway <laughs> uh, usually on on this day we would go through the games and the sign-ins and the birthday but we do have a birthday of a gentleman that's regularly been seen at Tandice over the years he's been a stalwart which is a great word in his position preferred position of right at the front of the pie queue always a nuisance to those that he has stood in front of with a first touch that goes further than most go on holiday it's just as well that he's normally sat somewhere in the lower tier of the Eddie Thompson stand munching on the sweets 
that he's brought to the match for his son Leo and shouting off at the top of his voice when opposition players are clearly yards on side. It's a happy... It's 28th. I'm not going to hear that. 28th, okay. Uh, it's a happy 43rd birthday to the boy McNichol, the big arsehole himself. So as this goes out, <laughs> not only have you got a monumental week coming up of the walk, you're kicking it off with a 43rd birthday. Um, yeah, I'm getting old, so then I can't afford macaroon now. <laughs> now, now, that that's, now that that reality has kicked in. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just it's just mental. Um, <laughs> like I say, it's, you know, birthdays to start the week. Uh, by the way, by the way, if anybody wants to give, because uh, Paul's not gave anything out about his birthday. It is my birthday on a Monday as well, which is when an episode goes out. So, you know, presents, gifts, totally appreciated. Yeah, you'll be getting none. <laughs> but Paul, I've got a gift for you. Hi, Paul. Ian Hugs here. I just want to say uh, happy birthday. Um, thank you so much for your support and uh, enjoy all the, uh, the Twitter comments about you following me around. Hope you have a great day. <laughs> enjoy. Ah, uh, you're a prick. <laughs> How did you manage to pull that in off, Costello? <laughs> The best bit, but he pisses himself at the end of it when he's mentioned about you being a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's bang out order. <laughs> I do like it though. So, uh, thank you very much to your Harks for that. Thank you very much to the media team for that. Uh, and yes, I will post the clip up of Ian Harks doing the video, and you can see him laughing his head off as well. <laughs> And when, when the birthday, Paul, Paul added his own birthday. I knew it was his birthday because I was going to do this. And he, we put it at the end. We'll mention it. We'll tap the piss out as a wee bit. But then I saw it was at the end. I thought, people might not listen that far. And I need to get this clip in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cheesy peeps. <laughs> anyway. That wasn't, that wasn't in the notes, Ron. I'm not happy about this. We'll be having a meeting after this recording. Anyway, happy birthday and all the best for uh, this week. <laughs> right, final one before we move on to actual football. If people want to donate, how can they donate? It is on my Twitter page. Uh, I'm at the boy McNichol. It's the pinned tweet at the top. Or if you're on GoFundMe, it is Tynecastle to Tanadice Walk. And it's also shared all over our social media as well. So Twitter, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, we've shared plenty of it. But check it out. And if you can give a quid, if you can, we'll like fivers. We'll like tenors more. We'll love 20s, you know. And just a mention as well to the amount of people that we didn't expect to you know donate you know and budge has been very generous uh robbie mm -hmm. nielsen's been generous john lennon's mm -hmm. just donated it's been amazing a lot of dundee fans for dundee mad website have donated <laughs> as well for what i can see but generally for for and i know paul would say this but i've just jumped in here for to see fans for other clubs whether they're totally annoyed at the whole thing or just good on you's brilliant it's what scottish football's all about you know what i mean uh, which is great and even some fans felt the road have even put in a couple of quid they'll know maybe yeah, admit that yeah. but we know they have yeah no they have it's been it's been fantastic Ron obviously the majority of donations come from United fans but uh, loads of loads of fans from other teams have been contributing and likewise United fans have been uh, generous enough to donate to their fellow Cove and Wraith uh, funds that they're doing as well because the whole thing's become a bit of an event now because Cove Rangers have got two ex-players uh, Mark, Mark Perry and Roy McBain uh, also ex-United players, players. Uh, in fact you know when I saw that slight segue 
Roy McBain, I'm sure he was the guy that Andy McLaren said Jim McLean hauled off yes, at half time and just tell him a day doggies. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, <laughs> so well, if, I, if I see him at the finish line, if I can muster up a question, I'll be asking him about that. And uh, and Wraith are doing it too. So and everybody's hopefully finishing at Tanadice at roughly the same time. Yeah. So so there we're but basically back on a Paul's walk. You know, there was a joke on Let's on uh, on Twitter the other day, but it's basically Paul McNichols Dude Fox podcast with me and some guests. Now that's the way it's working. Anyway, like I'm no mean to budge over your budge, bitch. Uh, your your birthday and your timecast and your message for Ian Harks, which has made you very happy. But let's move on. <laughs> Mickey Mellon, first week in the job, first impressions. What do you think? What are you loving? What are you liking? I like the cut of his jib. He, he came across very very well. Uh, and as I said on on that radio show with my two mates yesterday, uh, the fact that I'd never even heard of Mickey Mellon a couple of weeks ago, n- never even heard of him. Uh, like first impression of the way that, that he, there was a video that Tranmere put out just after he he signed up with us, and he had kind of recorded something for them for their fans, and it was just a touch of class from him. And everything from then has been the same. Like towards us, he speaks so highly of United. He's uh, he's the opposite of a Paul Quinn. You know, he's embracing the fact that he's he's sitting in a, a media room surrounded by photos of glory days. You know, he's embracing it. He's he, I'm, he's not gonna he's not saying he's gonna live up to that, but he's talking talking a good game by saying, "Look, I would like the players that I'm working with now to have their posters on the wall in time." You know, he's he's just he, he's come across great. And the amazing thing about this guy is that it doesn't matter what you read about him. I haven't seen anything negative at all. And it's so unusual for somebody to have managed at more than one club. Uh, He's obviously been successful. And even the club that he just left, okay, they've been relegated slash demoted. And there's just been no negativity whatsoever about this guy. Uh, uh, That must be a first. Everybody's usually got some doubters or haters or dissenters but Mr Mellon he's got nothing mm. what, what I did like a couple of, uh, of his quotes um, from the press conference I don't know maybe our invite was lost I don't know and it was <laughs> it was that he, he says you know there's real talent here which I do it's kind of one of those token lines that managers will go out it's talent but he went some of these young boys can play you know and even when he went and spoke to them and said you can play it was like oh really like it's it, he obviously sees there is that you know you're obviously going to be complimenting him you've got the best striker in, in the world actually playing for you um, with Lord Shankland but I don't I, I, I mean we're going to add to the squad I think that's we need to I mean you, your mates obviously asked you yesterday and you you said you'd probably a couple to really you're no worried about going down but you'd need mm-hmm. a couple to, to make it to boost their chances which I think is perfectly fine with that you know and now that friendlies are allowed uh, which is the wee segue we get into the friendlies beat 1-0 for Motherwell yesterday it doesn't really matter you know two very mixed teams a mix of youth and experience um, Shankland, Butcher, McMullen and Benji all missed out all injured is 90% t- take it didn't take it as a dude fox fuck take it as it's probably true you know, mm. um, they missed out as well. But he said it's a good workout. He's got an idea where they are. Cammy Smith is back in the fold. It seems might get his chance. I, mean, I think my new manager's a clean slate for everyone. 
which is yeah. you know the main main thing for it. But I, ha- I have to say, really impressed, really impressed what I've heard out of him. Uh, and obviously, the you know he's going to bring his own ideas. I think Mark Conley said that in his interview on Arab Zone this week that he brings in his ideas. He'll then implement them as the season goes on, which is obviously going to happen. That it's just it's it's a really nice. Fr- I'm really excited about it. really excited about what, what we can do. I think once he gets his back team backroom team in, um, you know, because you know Dave Bowman and Brian Grant have got other jobs. Uh, they've got their actual jobs at United, so I imagine he will build the backroom team. With, Lee McCulloch obviously left as soon as it was confirmed. Fine, whatever. Uh, Gone Forrest, it seems, will be going. It's maybe not quite done yet. Fine. Whatever, again, is the, the phrase for it. But liking what I'm hearing, really looking forward to it. And uh, I, we'll just segue into the next one. The 1st of August against St. Johnston can't come quick enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, th- you hope again. Aberdeen, but hey, it's not a bad game. Yeah, it's not a bad game. No, I mean, it's... I've never viewed it as a derby. I've just viewed it as a, it's an easy game to get to if it's an away game. It's just along the road. But uh, I know it's a, it's, it's a derby for the guys, obviously. So it gives us a chance to have a good start because we're at home because you're the champions. You start at home all the same. Uh, and it's no one of the bigger teams. So And who knows how they'll be because they've got a new manager too. Mm-hmm. So as, as you said, to touch on your point, it's, it is exciting. It does feel exciting again, uh, and as, and it's just bizarre because I genuinely didn't have no idea about Mickey Mellon's background a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm, I'm I kind of wait to see what he brings to Tanadice. I kind of wait to see what sort of team that he puts out. Kind of see, I kind of wait to see what sort of signings he makes because I wonder if uh, the targets are all different now, you know? Because Tony uh, Tony Asgar and Robbie Nielsen. Who knows if they would have drawn up a list of targets and is that in the bin now? Well, they Kevin, now have, Kevin Nisbet. I think they moved on yeah. for that pretty quick. I don't think that was ever going to happen knowing that he's a Hibs fan. No, but I think they're a push for it. I think they were on the yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hibs yeah. managed to find some money out of Well, they've no got place. that magic money, ma- magic money tree that grew when they took wages for everybody else. Yeah, so... I, I think what he will have is he will now, and then he needs to see the squad. You know, he needs. I mean, I, I think it's very obvious there needs to be a centre half coming for competition. You know, because there's only two of them. Unless you're going, youth. well, we lost one. Yeah, yeah, we lost one. So yeah, but the the youths. I mean, you've got Ross Graham and and Lewis Nielsen. These these boys have got something about them. Particularly Nielsen, he looks a prospect like, and he's a a big laddie. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want a crack in the pus for him. Okay. That's that's fine. I'm just going to put that out there. Cool. Um, looking at the fixtures, certainly August. You know, six games in August. Uh, we start against uh, St Johnston at home. Uh, the following week, we go to Motherwell. There's then a midweek game at six o'clock. By the way, at home on a Tuesday mm. night against Hibs. We're then away to Ross County. Which, what an away day that would have been. Like that'd be that's the I mean Motherwell's a good ground to go and watch a game, but that's the first big away days we'd have been counting. Yeah. Uh fifteenth yeah. of August. It's my birthday two days later. Uh we then play <laughs> Celtic the week after at half five. Could have done with you that. And uh well, it gets you the way, I suppose. And then uh Kilmarnock away at the end of August. Then there's a break for Copper International, I'm not sure what it is. But out six games there, eighteen points up for grabs. Mm-hmm. What would be your ultimate take from them? And I don't think 18 points realistic. I'll just put it out there for you. Um, and what what would be your kind of 
acceptance of where we are for right now if we had to start the season now based on no additions or no one else going type thing 18 points obviously of course that's, that's, I, <laughs> I, mean, I expect nothing less Mickey nothing <laughs> nothing Mickey McNuckle here uh, you know what Ron it's, it's very hard to say you obviously hope for like Motherwell they were the third best team last year Hibs not going to be easy uh, as we found out last year Celtic it's bloody Celtic you know when was the last time we done well against them Kilmarnock away it's not going to be easy so it's it, who knows who knows it would be as long as we're still in touch we didn't want to be cut adrift we didn't want to have an absolutely dreadful start uh, saying saying that we're we're clearly not going to win 18 points out of that that's that's spot on mm-hmm. uh, but you know just a couple of wins maybe keep the defeats to a minimum if we can scrape a couple of draws as well just uh, you just want like a solid start just make a good start to the campaign so we're no catching up we're not trying to chase teams the whole season obviously we're looking at the fixtures you know the last three are pretty horrendous for the break you know Celtic Rangers and Aberdeen but there's a there's a wee spell in October uh, November and December that actually uh, kind of caught my eye so we play on the 17th October against Aberdeen right at Tannadice though I think we're always going to have a chance at Tannadice but after that we play St Johnston away Ross County at home St Myrna away Hamilton at home Livingston away that's five really good games you can get a run at before you then need to play Rangers Hibs and what have you but that's a good that's a good run I think of of sort of five games and then leading into uh, the Christmas period which I, I don't know if you're like me Paul the first things you look at who you play the first game who you play Christmas period who you play at the end which is what I've always kind of done you know Kilmarnock home on the 23rd of December we're then at home on Boxing Day which I blooming love and I hope we're there for that it, you know that's miles away but Boxing Day something good about that at home but then away on the 30th against Celtic so that doesn't really count and then uh uh, limbs are plenty in the away end I hope on the 2nd of January Aberdeen that is the fixture of all fixtures that that's away day territory like um, buzzing if that could be it but we're, go- we're getting some games we get a really good run at opposition and that's that's just looking at the opposition that we should be we will be in and around looking to better before we can take that that, that sort of next step yeah, of course, and it's all it's all quite exciting to see these these fixtures lined up again because you know it would be Alloa, Queen of the South, Dunfermline, you know. But we're looking at Celtic, Aberdeen, St Johnson. Okay, Hamilton are still bloody floating about the league, but uh, yeah, I just kind of wait. I kind of wait, and similar to you, the first usually the first game I always look for is the well, the very first game, and then I go straight to New Year. But New Year's tough. Like let's let's no beat about the bush. I wait at Celtic and I wait at Aberdeen. Mm. Uh, we'll have to do very well to get something out of their games yeah. but never say never exactly and uh, the slight meltdown of some on uh, Twitter on Saturday when we were pictured wearing a white kit which I think is just last mm. season's pre-season kit and so, yeah, uh, people going yeah, what a horrible kit I hope that's not the right one and I was like oh maybe it will be but uh, it, it's not sure I've confirmed that uh, the away kit isn't, that is not the one uh, but the home kit's revealed this Friday um, yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. it. It doesn't come out this Friday though, does it? But you can pre-order it. I think so. From yeah. Friday, I'm led to believe. Yeah, so so I can't wait to relieve myself of over a hundred pounds for that. That'll be fun. <laughs> Cheers. I'll be another GoFundMe set up next week. <laughs> 
<laughs> One thing that was launched this week, the new virtual 50-50. You can play your part in our academy, uh, the Futures Tangerine. So the Dundee United Development Association has launched the virtual 50-50 match day draw. It was housed on a new website as well, which is unitedlottery.co.uk. It accommodates the United Futures Lottery, the rebranded elite 50-50 match day draw uh, it's basically an appeal to United fans to continue the support of the club's renowned youth development as our academy strives to uphold its newly and elite status in the extremely tough climate of COVID-19 now the first draw was made uh, yesterday being Saturday but you can get involved each and every week uh, there are various prizes up for grabs there's you know the uh, there's going to be a donation of 10% of 50-50 proceeds that'll go to the community trust which is kind of cool given you know they're in the same tough predicament at the moment uh, but you can go on to unitedlottery.co.uk go on 50-50 draws and uh, you've got all the details there of how you can sign up and you can buy a ticket you can buy it for 10 draws to one draw you can buy up to five tickets you know it makes things a lot easier I don't know I, I mean I'm hoping they still sell them in the ground because a lot of people like that. It's part of their thing. But are we moving to a cardless, card, no, cashless society? Yeah. The way things are going. Possibly, Ron. Possibly. I think, uh, I mean, it's similar. When, when we went to no cash turnstiles, I always felt that it would have been a good thing to still have at least one per stand if it was possible. But I, I think we got away from that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get away from actually selling the tickets uh, manually I suppose in person mm -hmm. uh, but I I'll be getting on board with this uh, just try to support the club any way that we can as always um, as thousands do so yeah I'll, I'll be using this yeah definitely I, 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 for I forgot to do it yesterday though I've got hold my hands up I blew it the first week completely blew it because you are now a media whore so there you go it's because because I am an arsehole but go on the website dundeeunitedfc.co.uk you can read about it and then unitedlottery.co.uk uh, nothing in the rumour mill just with a new manager coming in although thank you very much to Matt by the way for uh, this is Tramier podcast coming on last week a lot of people uh, really enjoyed that little bit that we added in uh, I know he was very he talked a lot the, uh, Monday, Tuesday on Twitter he was happy to engage with people questions and stuff so yeah. thank you very much again Matt for that uh, the rumour mill he basically threw some names at us that might come for Tranmere so we don't know um, but again it's been great the academy are continuing to do their things I know that community trust are doing a lot more over Zoom and, mm -hmm. and stuff yep, like that still doing all that which, yep. which is fantastic and um, the ink is dry on no one else's contract as of yet but more importantly this week the manager was confirmed did you did you think at one point last Sunday night when you were probably settling in your house? Did you ever th did you think? I hope nothing goes wrong given what we spoke about all day today. Because given the last couple of weeks, I still wasn't hundred percent sure. Nah, we could we could have just pulled it and said that there was an issue with the uh, the podcast that week or something. <laughs> nah, but, but but yeah, what Ronnie's trying to say is like if you were to listen back to it now, then. It all makes sense because he, Mickey Mellon, is the manager. But when we, when we were recording that episode, we were taking a massive leap of faith. We had no idea. It looked like it was going to happen, but that was about uh, a guess. I also gave him a three-year deal. <laughs> you did give him a three-year And you know what? Seemingly, he's now at odds with the club because you said it. And he, they only gave him a two-year deal. So I think there's trouble brewing already. Google's Cheers, Uni Ron. Google's United found this podcast, listened to it for five minutes and went, oh, no. So anyway, right, let's move on. Uh, 
A special guest this week, we sat down with a couple of weeks back. He was a midfield marvel who was part of the McDermott Miracle in 2001. So our guest this week on the podcast, 135 appearances, he's 19 goals, signed in 2004. Great years, we'll say. He might correct us on that. Charlie Miller, how are you, sir? I'm good, Ronnie, by yourself, Paul. Yeah, we're very good. Listen, thanks very much for uh, coming and chatting to us about your United career and that. Before we get there, you want to take us all the way back to, to growing up and your first memories with a ball at your feet? Um, that's, a, that's a long time ago, that. That's about 40 years ago. I'm 44 now, so I can't remember last week. But <laughs> like, it was just, I had a football everywhere I went, to be honest with you. I was football mad and obviously with any computers and you couldn't do things like this back when I was younger anyway. So, no, nah, I was just football mad. And it was on, I, actually, the real football I remember, my first real game I remember as I, I was six year old and I remember watching the 1982 World Cup and it was Italy against Brazil. I loved Brazil and Italy beat Brazil that time and that's what I can, I can always remember that. It's the, really, I remember that really, really strongly because I was nearly great because Brazil got beat. Yeah. Um, but what a game of football that was and that just really made me in love with the game and mm-hmm. made me want to play it one day. Would you have watched players like that and who would have been a, a hero of yours back when you were growing up then? Maradona's my hero of all time. I love Maradona. I think he was ridiculous. Imagine him playing now. He'd, be, he'd actually be able to play the now with that big belly he's got now. So, <laughs> um, honestly, he was ridiculous and people used to tackle him uh, waist high and things like that. It was oh yeah, it's a completely different era altogether. Oh, a different game now, definitely. Even when I played, it's a different game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but obviously being a Glasgow boy, like a um, Durant, and I end up fortunate enough to play with Durant. Obviously, David Cooper. I, I, as I, I mentioned before, my, I went and watched Rangers and Celtic, so all might stay as well. I watched when I was younger, so I was a football fan. I just loved going to football, and um, it was a great upbringing. Obviously, United in the eighties were very strong, we lucky and things like that. So I end up working with Mo, and he was a great fullback. You so. And Andy McLaren always says to me, Big Sash was the best player ever played with. Yeah. So, um, I just try and sing that while I used to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is there, you know, you're not alone and even, you know, people we've had here, fans of United, the, back in the day, they, they were taken to Dens and Tanadice and it was kind of like a, a choice all of a sudden that they had to make and we were also glad they became United fans. From you then, when did you first get picked up? Were you playing at school, playing boys club? Well, I played for Rangers Boys Club when I was nine year old. So that was always the way I was heading, to be honest with you. Um, I signed for Rangers at 11 year old. So that tells you where I was, always wanted to be. So, and I wasn't a bad young player, to be fair. So I had a lot of clubs wanting to sign me when I was younger. Um, so but I picked Rangers because I thought at the time they were, in my eyes, they were the biggest team in Britain because obviously because English teams were out of Europe and things like that. So, mm-hmm. Rangers at the time were singing, signing the best English players and some of the best foreigners. Obviously, Celtic were at the time signing some great foreigners. It's done United, the Aberdeens, Hearts, but we were all doing well in Europe. It was great times and obviously long gone now because they just want all the rich European clubs to be in these tournaments, unfortunately. But um, these are the days we live in now, unfortunately. 
Yeah, and people that have, uh, some people that have heard on Andy McLaren, your mate as well, told us that the jobs that he had to do when he was growing up, coming through as a young player at United, what kind of stuff were you doing as a, a youth when you were at Rangers? Well, I had Kirkies, obviously, no Billy Kirkwood, I had Kirkie, he was my youth coach at Rangers, so I had to clean the changing, the manager's changing room, obviously Walters, Archie Knox's, um, David Hodds, all the Dundee United boys, um, and Kirkie, Kirkie was honestly, he didn't want anything that was dirty at all. He used to make us clean the showers with a toothbrush. And, but I was always late. We used to always see, I used to run out a wee bit later. I was here, Mallory, where the fuck are you? So I'm supposed to be toasting tea for Walter and Kirky and God's <laughs> and all that. So um, I was always late. So the following year, they give me yeah, Big Scott Wilson and Roddy Kerry to help me in there. <laughs> so at, at Christmas time, I used to go and get my bonus and they're like, why are we giving you any money? Why are we giving you a bonus for? <laughs> so, but they were the days, they were the best days. I really, honestly, truly believe that. It was a great upbringing for me and it was so strange when I went to England because the first day in England, my first day I went to Watford, um, the, the, the kit man came in with a big bag of it. I'm not joking, it was massive, a Lee Cox forklift bag. I said, what's that? And he went, that's your training gear. And I went, what do you want me to do with that? He says, oh, you take that home and wash it. I'm like, what are you talking about? So you can imagine how smelly my gear was lining about in my motor all the time. Ridiculous. What, what was it like, um, you know, coming through as a, a player under like a Kirkwood and stuff? Would Walter Smith come and watch you guys train and, and stuff like that? Oh, I used to. I was fortunate to train quite a lot with him as well the first team, but I'd, well, I'd um, Kirky and John McGregor, the two of them were brilliant with me and Obviously, David Dodge was the first team coach. So, up there with Kirky and uh, John McGregor, they were brilliant with me. Uh, they were great youth coaches. We, we done really well. We won the, beating the BP Youth Cup final one year, and then we won it the following year. So, we had good players. We were strong. And my mate Neil Caldwell, who played with me all the way through, ended up signing for Dunn United with Kirky. I still see Neil to this day. Um, I think I didn't play any games with United, but um, he went with Kirky from Rangers. So, um, I. They, they were good people, they were good to work with and they were very fair to be honest with you. Yeah, and what was it like under Walter Smith and Archie Knox when you started getting that call up towards it and take us from that to your making your debut as well? Ah, it, it, was, it was good, it was surreal to be fair. Um, I, I was very fortunate to get a game at Pataudry. Um They've never liked me since that. <laughs> <laughs> um so, ah, it was it was good. I'm obviously not here to talk about Rangers. I'm obviously here only here to talk about Daniel United. So, let's not talk too much about Rangers. I had four great years at United. So, mm-hmm. um, but I had a good time. It, it was a great to make my debut. But just from the point of view of where you were as a midfielder at the time, obviously you're the age you come to to need to leave Rangers. Was it the fact that you just had to get out to play games that led the legend to go to England, and was it the same reason you ended up then back up the road? or homesickness well, the, or what? No, no, no homesickness. The thing was, when I was at Rangers, I was, I felt, my first full season I really played, uh, I played every tactical every game that season. I think I missed a few games at the end of the season with shin splints, so that kind of, that was a bit yeah, annoying because you want to play the full season. I was very fortunate, I had a great bunch of boys around me at the time, great, some great players and I got young player of the year, so I was, that was great. But then, as Rangers do, they go and sign Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> <laughs> so where does he play right in my position practically so um, but then I thought I'm going to fight and make sure I try and get in the team 
and I, I did. I, I didn't start the first European game against Van Augusta. Guys, obviously, team. But the, the next game I started, we were doing all now over there. We win one now in aggregate. And then I played every game from then to March, and I got involved in an altercation in a, a bar, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and I didn't play again that season. It was March, right up to March. My birthday was a. We played the old firm game, and then I end up in a bar, shot, and then that was it. I didn't play again for March then yeah. the season. That's yeah. the end so of that was season, disappointing. Aye, so that was what I dropped me from that, from then on. So that was disappointing. Mm. And then to get back in, it was very difficult all the time. It stop, start, stop, start. And, and I always believe that the homegrown players, it's always easier to home, leave a homegrown player out if things aren't going well. At any club, that's not just Rangers, that's at any club, which is which is disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I believe they know what it's about more um, than the foreigners do, although we've had some great foreigners. That's why I believe we should be going back to the three foreigner relying for Scottish football to go forward I think the three foreigner has to come back in for us mm-hmm. and then obviously you, you you leave you head down to England well I, I sorry I went, sorry well I'd obviously played Walter left and then Advocate came in yeah. I signed a two year deal with Advocate and then obviously Advocate had brought in Van Bronckhurst and people like him he, he fancied him more than me so that's fair enough mm-hmm. so I went to Leicester loan and then I got injured at Leicester and then I went to Watford it was just Watford was just the wrong club for me um, some great lads some great great club great people at the club but it was didn't play the way I played it was a lot of for me I thought it was long balls and missed the midfield out and, and it just wasn't it didn't go well it wasn't a good time for me mm-hmm. on the field but there were as I, and some great friends I've still keep in contact with some of the guys there so um, it was it was good good for me to learn did, like. did, you, did you ever meet Elton John? yes I did yes I met Elton John He's a character. Exactly. He must have been. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, look at this wee Scottish handsome guy. <laughs> so uh, to be fair, he was he was a lovely man, and he was obviously a mad Watford fan, and mm-hmm. he put a lot of money into the club. Yeah, but I think by then he was just kind of in the back back burner a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was. Nah, he was a nice man. Graham Taylor was a lovely man, but a bad coach. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. That's what I just and how this day he was England manager, I will never believe it. Obviously, rest in peace and. Um, and as a footballer for you as well you know you need a manager that plays to your strengths but did you know quite soon that wasn't it for you I knew it well the, the five or six players are saying because Watford just got promoted through the playoffs to get into the Premier League that year and the six players that signed I knew after about a month <laughs> and he says can all last year's players please stay in the, the changing room and the ones I've just signed can you just leave the room because I wanted a meeting with the ones for last season. Then, then and then I knew that this isn't going to happen for us. Mm-hmm. It's a strange so, way of doing things, that. Strange. Uh, it was, some of these things were strange. Like, we, before a game on a Saturday, we used to have us in at nine o'clock in the morning, the Saturday morning. We'd get in there, warm up a listener till about half ten. And then he'd come in and speak for about an hour. And then we had to go to the hotel for a pre-match meal and then we came back to sit. It was the longest day in there. Remember when he's, when he's quotes were I remember um, walking down by the river and I seen some ducks putting their head in the water and I thought, how lucky are my football players? And he walked out of the room. That was his <laughs> that was his team talk. That was his pep up for a game against Liverpool, Mike Owen and Gerard <laughs> and the, the Liverpool team that were magic then. So yeah. 
That's that's not motivating anybody. <laughs> oh, that wasn't motivating. That was me. That was bewildered me, to be honest with you. Aye. So when did when did when did it start, or when had you decided you needed to get out, and then was it a case of your agent finding you a club kind of thing? Yeah, I was just desperate to get away. I was just desperate to get away. To be fair, back up the road. To be fair, because you always want to go back somewhere where you're a bit more comfortable, and um, and I, I wanted to take him back to Scotland. I wasn't ready to go abroad at that point. Um, still a bit young and naive, I think. So um, coming back to Dunyake, it was a great move for me. A challenge because the situation we were in, I think, when I'd signed and a few other boys were obviously injured, with a couple of boys injured and that. And I think me and Beto and Aveda signed the same day. We great lad, we Beto. Um, what a good player he was as well. Unfortunately, done his knee with a bit of brilliant play for us. Um, but... I think they had two points or something like that. Bottom of the that league. November. Two points from when, 13 when games. Stinking. Eight points <laughs> away <laughs> for St Mirren. There's a challenge <laughs> for you. I'm just glad St Mirren were jobbies. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. <laughs> so so you get you get that. The the move comes out. Was there kind of just get get yourself up and that, how does then that move from you getting Tell from you, London up my, to Dundee? Mate, I think I was half pissed on the, the Wednesday night and my agent phoned me and I, I was... So I didn't even answer the phone and he was raging. He had gout in his knee. So he's trying to do a deal for me and I'm trying, but I'm half pissed. And I'm pissed probably. And I had to get a flight. My missus had to wake me up at six o'clock in the morning to get a flight up to London. And I, I remember it was, I think it was the Friday. I think it was a Friday. It was because we played the Saturday against Murrow on my first game. Mm-hmm. I think it was the 5th of November. We played the Saturday. That game was... So I was pissed on the Thursday, flew up on the Friday morning, trained on the Friday, played on the Saturday. That's what it went like. And I remember turning up and I get this TFG jumper with a big rip around the side there. <laughs> These mad big <laughs> baggy shorts. And I'm thinking, what's happening here? To be fair, at least it was cleaner than my gear, the Watford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, it, so is, then, is it true you were picked up in Craig Easton Silver Beetle? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was in the Stackers. Was it the Stackers? Then? In the front. Yeah. In the front. It wasn't the Stackers. I was at the... Hilton? Errol Grey used to be called. Yes, correct. Errol Grey, yeah. Errol yeah. Grey, because I went to Gary Bowling's wedding there. <laughs> so I did years ago. The fact twat, I was supposed to be going to the Scotland England game in 96. <laughs> and I had to go they to got married wedding. that day. They got married the day the lump of wood. <laughs> so I was supposed to be going to... Wembley for the Scotland England game I ended up up in Dundee and it was shows you how cheap it was I was driving towards Edinburgh until I realised where my bloody gone here <laughs> so <laughs> we ended up in the Herald Grey that's what it was called then but I think it was called the Hilton maybe then um, when I was up and he's the great boy honestly I love him to bits love him to bits great boy um, loveless big guy you could ever meet and he turns up with a silver beetle with a flower on the dashboard. I thought, what's <laughs> happening here? Honestly, this is what I'm playing in the God almighty. That's straight up. I know. And then we, we trained at Camper Down then as well. You know, Camper no... Down, right in the windiest part of Dundee you could get. Boys carrying the goals off of the back of a big, <laughs> what do you call it, that can pick up goals. Um, a goal a picker up a, a trailer. So... I'm thinking, God almighty, but to be fair, I missed the, the start of training because I was obviously a wee bit later. I was always then speaking to Alex Smith and obviously signing the contract or whatever. Mm. And I'm, sh- I'm sure they bumped me. Typical Dundee United bumping my contract. As soon as I signed it, I went like that. He's daft, that boy. Um, 
I'm sure Spence still was my four grand for my when we went on holiday with the Dun United team and my my suitcase got lost and it had all my Prada gear and all that on it and I'm, I went and made us to try and get the, the suitcase the money back for the suitcase and all that the stuff that was in it I'm sure Spence kept that never get back to me ever again outside a month for one of the boys wages I think Aye. Um, when, when you come up and you go to that first day of training do you think I'm definitely going to be playing tomorrow or did Alex Smith just say I'm just going to throw you in because at the end of the day regardless of how you would have played on the Saturday we had nothing to lose given where we oh, were 100% to be fair 100% nah, was, I'd only been away a year as well the last time I played in Scotland I'd just got a deuce against Dundee so I was up and ready for it Aye. and what, what was Alex <laughs> nah, Smith like with you? I can't love Alex Smith I'm, I was disappointed with sacked Alex obviously the, the business is much money at Dundee to Dennett and I thought he would have got his gone forward the other day. Um, I love the man. I've known Alec for a long time. And that's the reason I think, to be honest with you, because of Alex. I knew he would try and get me to play, play, help go towards playing towards my way. And um, and then I was staying in Australia and Alex got family in Australia. So I met him when I was over there playing. Uh, still keep in touch. Obviously, he's moved over there now. So he was a great man. And No, he didn't even say that. And I think he just happy I signed and then once I signed and I knew what position we were in I had a fair idea that I'd be playing the next day and then I named the team that I was playing hmm. so and the big thing was he played you in your position mm-hmm. yeah he played me in the centre of the park and maybe behind the front wire I've just that's what I prefer just behind the front or in the centre I'll just no having to run back to where your goal because I was hopeless with that rubbish you <laughs> try to go back towards your goal man honestly I can't even the ball that. Man. No, unless of Eastie. Eastie, that's what he was there for. Eastie was there to do that. Let Eastie do your running. Uh, obviously, we're not on a great run. You come in, we still lose the first three games, including the Derby, which is never good. We then beat Dunfermline at the end of November, but it's New Year till we start picking points up against Motherwell, Dundee. For you, are you thinking you're just wanting to be back playing, but at the same time, as a club, we're thinking, where's the next three points coming? Well, to be fair, when I came up, I knew what kind of club Dun United was. Obviously, I grew up with the success of Dun United. So seeing him in this position was, we should have beat Murrowell in that first game. Played really well. We got beat 2-1. Um, I think I nearly caused the riot as well because I nearly broke me Steve Hamill's legs in about the first five minutes. They'd <laughs> <laughs> be left back for Murrowell. Castle boy as well. Mm. But, and then, I kind of, I played decent that day and then we came to Dundee Darby. They, they were decent. They had them Zads and Canadian mm-hmm. and that, and I can have a brick wank after that one game and no played for so long. But Dundee were good. They beat us 2 0. Remember that? And then, I think, who did we play after that? Uh, we got beat for St Johnson, then we beat Dunfermline 3 2. We beat us St Johnson? Who, who did they beat us? How can St Johnson beat us? I know, I got, we got beat 1 0 at McDermott. <laughs> We've asked that question loads of times. Where was that? They beat us. Uh, they beat us 1 0 on the 18th one, November. One, no, it's at McDermott. I wasn't playing that game, man. <laughs> and then we um we beat them. Was Fairman. I playing that game? Oh, I mean, I could I could tell you if you were. You probably were. It was only your second game. game. You're about to have been playing. Uh, you were what playing. Was it no? Nah, you were. Was it no one nil at Tanadays? No, no, it's the it's in Johnson definitely. Um, then we played Dunfermline. You got your first goal. Craig Easton yeah, also scored. Oh yeah, get the goal. And then, like you say, it's it's kind of up and down. But we we drew with St Martin. Better Novera scored. And I think he probably got injured near there because we didn't see much of him after that. And then we we drew with Rangers, which, again, any point 
win against the old firm is a it's usually a big boost for that, especially when you're bottom of the league. Rangers, they beat Rangers. No, 2-1 all, beat them later on. Beat I've beaten the Scottish Cup, didn't they? Then we beat them at Ibrox as yeah, well, yeah. the same season. 2-0. Uh, Stephen Thompson scored. Big Tom and Robbo scored. Paul yeah. Robinson for yeah. London. So we've got, um, you get into there, but you finally get a, a derby win. 3-2. 3-2, uh, a January. great game. I love that night. Tell us about your derby experience. What did it feel like going from someone that's played in Old Firms to playing the Dundee derby, which we think is a much more friendly derby? <laughs> no, the Dundee, to be fair, the Dundee derby is a good game. It's heated. It's, I loved it. Yeah, I loved the Dundee derby. To be fair, I preferred playing against them at Dens, to be fair. I always thought we seemed to be better at Dens. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed to struggle um, at Tanaday for some reason. Um, Their fans took that, a right shine to you as well. Oh, I know they like me, they. But, <laughs> <laughs> nah, to be fair, they didn't like me, so, so be it. That's the way the <laughs> job is splatters, isn't it? What did you think about the uh, the whole walking up to the ground kind of thing? It's a little bit different, isn't it? It's quite a nice thing that we've got. To be fair, it was, it was better than getting chased. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been chased anywhere else I remember going to Petodre and having to run for my life with about 500 mad casuals chasing the beating shirt the, the big thing that season we won our last four games talk to us about before, during and the after of the game at McDermott Park which kept us up pretty much to be fair I think we ended up with 38 points that season didn't we yeah. I'm sure we ended up with about 38 points and we don't just finish I probably finished quite high up I know we were obviously we had to win in the Denver Park because they had beat Aberdeen yeah, we stayed up, I thought we ended up finishing stayed up by five points and we're only five behind St Johnston in the long run which given how far away we were it was a yeah. great turn of fortune yeah uh, well I always thought it was always, always alright to have a couple of beers the night before a game which is never a good idea <laughs> so we're playing St Johnston and I had a few beers unfortunately stupidly but I ended up having a bloody disaster in the first half. And I remember missing a penalty. Mm-hmm. And coming in at half time or two nothing doing and Alex Latin, what's up with you? And I remember looking in the mirror and my face was like a pumpkins man. It was fucking red <laughs> <laughs> I swear it was the size of a pumpkin. And I'm like, oh no, man. Oh. So I thought, well, we have to go and do something here. And then me, we Hartley tops me a belter. Trying to break your leg. Ah, yeah. it was a badging, and they tried to say they touched me, but uh, it was the closest I ever got to him in his career. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but so then obviously gets sent off, and that gave us a boost. And then I, I scored with David Winters, and obviously Derek Lally scored, which was magic because we've just pounded them after that. We we actually pounded them, and it was it was a relief, obviously, because we don't well, Dunny Aitens, a club, don't deserve to be in the championship, obviously. So, um. And you don't want to be part of a team and get relegated, you know what I mean? So I thought it was a, a great ending for us and I thought we would have built on that for, for the next season. And mm-hmm. uh, do you want to talk to us about some of the dressing room characters you were in with that season? Stephen Thompson, Paul Gallagher, oh, Craig Easton, Jamie McCurney, Davey Hanna, to name a few. Oh, none of them were characters, they were all ball bags, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here, there's another lads. couple of players that there's another couple of players. Pat Onstad, do you mind of him? He was a goalie, wasn't uh, he? The subby keeper I never ever played yeah. for us. And another guy that's uh, that a lot of United fans remember for all the wrong reasons. Mavondo Atangana. Uh, Atangana, yes. Mavondo Atangana. He was I just signed in 
Alex Smith said, this boy's unbelievable. He's got the hat trick in the reserve game. I know where he kicked. And I was, I yeah. was like, to Gaffer, get him off after, see after five minutes in the derby. <laughs> I swear, he just thought he would a run. Dense. It was after, no, I, uh, Tannadies we lost 2 He must have been upside about 20 times in five minutes in the first five minutes. <laughs> he was so quick as well, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, he lost gone. his brain in the dressing room that first half of the old man. <laughs> so after this, can, is it, can he just score? Can he just score the net and them zads a chip, I think? Mm. Aye, that's what it was. Aye. Um, but that was disappointing. Obviously then, Alec changed a few things. He broke my, obviously my selling and he broke Gal and his goalie. Because it was a shame because Kuro was a decent goalie as well. Um, and then we divorced. We got Danny Griffin came back. Hannah the Banana came back and actually started playing a bit better. <laughs> um, then you get Big Tomo, the Big Turkey Touch. You don't even know what you're getting for Tomo. You could have got the most <laughs> unbelievable push one minute and then the ultimate unbelievable greatness next minute. Oh, it was Stephen Thompson. Honestly, I still say that I go to him that move to Ibrox. <laughs> uh, what, what was it like going into that dressing room with the, these type of guys? You know, obviously on the park it's not great, but is it important then for the team to start to really come together? And you know, if it's no the greatest quality squad, it's it's a squad that's got to be together. Yeah, we, we, we had a great great bunch of lads because we knew Heaney as well. We knew Heaney, Jamie Button. We got all got on great highs, Neil Joffrey. Great lads, Derek Lilly was a good signing for because Derek Lilly got out of trouble because he worked his boys up. He worked for mm-hmm. fun and he got yeah. out of difficult situations sometimes, Derek. So, I, I thought as a team, then he brought in obviously young Jamie McCurney who had an outstanding end to the season. No bad start to the next. Um, so, I thought we were going the right direction. Big DeVos was looking good again and Jim Lachlan, my pal, Lockie. Um, good good defender, obviously lacked a bit of pace, but he was he was a really clever defender and excuse me. But as I say they were great boys, we'd we end up having some good nights out, don't we were hanging. Um a lot of good a lot of good nights out actually. Tally ho. <laughs> oh believe me, it's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that should have bought that place more. <laughs> what one thing for that season as well, your cap for Scotland. Was that was my cap, was it? Um, everybody in Scotland, it was a, it was a coronavirus thing. It was coronavirus in Poland. <laughs> Maybe they wanted to go. <laughs> Pandemic in Poland. There's Guy Muller a cap. Guy Muller Andy McLaren. Well. Andy McLaren. Andy got a cap, eh? John O'Neill. Yeah. 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 Kenny Muller's first cap. And the big boy Stephen Colgrove's first cap. Aye, Barry Nicholson, and Gavin Ray. Yeah. Barry Nicholson. What was it? What was it like? Was that? Getting the, getting the call up and then actually getting the cup. I didn't get a cup. <laughs> <laughs> I just played turned up, ate some toy soup or onion soup in bloody Poland and then came home again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think, think that's all the go. Cab- cabbage soup or something. Yeah, I think looking back as well, you know, a lot of people say you, you, you should have won more caps, but I suppose it comes when Craig Brown goes, a new manager comes in, it's back to square one, isn't it? To be fair, I wasn't going to get many caps in a crew now anyway, because when he was managing, I never got picked when I was playing at the top of my game at, at winning leagues, mm. things like that, because they're scared to put young people in. It's just stupid. If they're good enough, like said, Billy Gilmore, and we get the boy in, there's mm-hmm. nobody better than them in the team. So let's play them. Yeah. So, um, and then Betty Volks came in. He actually did a bit of bullying people with a cap, and I still couldn't get a cap. 
give Tom a cup. Ah, there you go. That just sums that up. Give him a cup against France. I couldn't believe it. But I'm glad I missed that one. Yeah, we, but we, I give Gavin Ray a doing it at, at Dens Park. I played really well. One of the, uh, the derby games, and then he named the team in the better books of the game. He named the team in the Monday, and he named Gavin Ray, and that got him well with Gavin Ray. Don't get me wrong. I know Gavin Ray really well. Obviously, from my mate Matt Robertson that played with Dundee United, uh, Dundee. So, and they picked Gavin Ray. I thought, what the hell's happening here? So, I kind of gave up the idea of even thinking about playing for Scotland, and I'm to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, we never actually, when we were speaking to Andy, we never actually got around to speaking about Scotland as well. But it was a, a big moment for him as well, getting a cap, albeit. Does he get 10 grand? <laughs> he get 10 grand because it makes it great for him <laughs> I'll bet it does I think I had to give Dun United 10 grand to let me go <laughs> <laughs> uh, well like you say you're, you're, uh, you're, you're big mates on him as well but it's, it's a big moment for, for him get, getting that and, and coming on giving especially after what he came through exactly I love yeah. Andy we, I see Andy all the time and we're still great pals and we play golf maybe two or three times a week together we, um, we go to Dubai together every year and things like that so we still, we still go on great, and from because I, I was at Watford when it, when it got done mm-hmm. with a with a drug thing, yeah. and I'm not joking. It was a, it was a shame. It was a, it was a ghost to the boy for Castle that I knew, and mm-hmm. it just realised the enormity, enormity of what he would just been involved in, and um, with the same agent at the time. So I went and met him, and turned I'm sitting there drinking beer, and Andy's sitting wondering about well, where, where is going to go forward for here, and. What was going to happen? And I'm, I'm, me being a, his pal and being a castle boy, he said, just get a beer down your neck, you'll be all right. You know what I mean? So, but, and footballers, no, you can't be sapped in football, no one dressed rooms we played in. Mm-hmm. No. You had to, feel we and go, mate, and that is it. Yeah. So, and for that, sorry. on, on there, just touching on the, the next season, you're on about characters and stuff. For there, there wasn't much movement as maybe we thought as fans coming in. Jason DeVos left, only really Jim McIntyre come in, Stephen Carson come in, and Ronnie O'Brien for Juventus. Yeah, what's going on there? Yeah, we Ronnie. Alex's problem, Alex Smith was a great guy and he was a good manager. He he loved trying to blood jumpsters. I I knew we Stevie Carson when I was at Rangers, a great boy. Great lad, I didn't really know we Ronnie, but we Ronnie was a good football player, technically very good. So was we Carson. Um, and who else did they bring in? Uh, Stephen Carson, Jim McIntyre, and Ronnie O'Brien. Uh, Jimmy Mac- Jim McIntyre, he'd one run. That was that. He would just say every time, hang it up at the back post. That was all his. <laughs> hang it up. Don't come short and try and play. Just hang it up. And he never <laughs> bloody won the header. Uh, <laughs> Carson, we kick Carson, great boy, big guy for Belfast, loving the facts, known him for a long time. And he used to, how to play the reserve game right before, so how's you going? Oh, I, I, I was unbelievable, Charlie. The full back, the full back, they couldn't live with me, couldn't live with me. I wasn't at the game, and I asked somebody who was in the game, and go, hey, that's shocker. <laughs> 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 so we, Carson, it was brilliant, he never had a bad game. Uh, the, uh, so, <laughs> 0102 the season opens the uh, Dundee Derby. Some boy called Charlie Miller should have put us ahead from the spot, but then did score. Yes. Uh, but they went 2-1 two, um, two down and Jim Hamilton popped up to equalise. A derby to start the season. What a way to start. I know. And, uh, probably, yeah. I missed the penalty, didn't I? Yeah. 
But I did score the back post and I showed them my belly, didn't I? <laughs> you yes. did show them your six-pack, yeah. You, before <laughs> Ronaldo ever thought of doing it, you done it 100%, first. 100%. Did you kind of like you that with away fans, giving you a bit? Did you always quite like a bit of the banter? The company, as long as it was kept within the limits before they... To be fair, they'd never kept it within the limits anyway. So I was always a fat, weedy, orange, Dundee United prick or something like that. So it was never within the... That was yeah. it. It was always... Um, it was I can't was life that was what I was brought up with but you get slagged for the fans you had to put up with um, it was part of the game it was it make you play better sometimes mm-hmm. unless you really let them get in your, in your head but I would never let them do that so I loved the atmosphere I, I, I swear to you the Dundee Derby was a great game it was a great atmosphere and um, especially playing at the dance because when we've got that full, that full um, end and we're, we're getting them a doing and we're beating them and and the rest of their fans are sitting with their faces tipping them. And <laughs> it, it was always good. That was good beating them in. And I scored a few goals against them. So um, I enjoyed the derby, to be fair. Uh, which will always help when you start sticking the, the ball in the net against them. Uh, a couple of players as well. I just want to mention, just because we didn't really mention them on here, but you played with them. Tassos Vinitas. Great lad. Good, great good lad, player. Tassos. A good player. He got a bad injury, though. Mm-hmm. Tassos was just was the same as Big Sean O'Connor. I remember Big... I'll go back to Tassos in a second, but Big Sean O'Connor started against Dunfermline, that 3-2 game we had. Mm-hmm. And he was unbelievable. And then I get carried off and I thought, oh, he must have a bad one. And then we were in doing a warm-up the next day for a game. I think we might have been playing the Tuesday night or something like that. And he was training. <laughs> I thought, what's happened there? Honestly. Miracle. It was a miracle. Jesus touched him. Sardinia must have went into the fat Sam's or something. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I couldn't believe it. The next day, but no, but Tassos Vinitas was going to be a good year and they got a bad, I think he'd done his knee. Mm-hmm. I can't remember mm-hmm. who it done. Yeah, you were yeah, de- definitely right about um, Alex Smith, though. I mean, just looking through the, the list of players and the young players at the time that would have got appearances, you know, Davey Winters, we've mentioned, David McCracken, Stephen McConnellog, uh, Stuart Duff, Mark Wilson, I think it was very early in his. Willow, Willow was good. You know, Willow always thought was a centre. See the sitting midfield player. Willow, Willow was a good player. We Willow, I love Willow. Um, I still speak to be Willow now. I can't believe as a manager. I just really cannot believe it. Just he's actually talking about football as well. I just kind of believe it. Um, <laughs> His team's not very it's, good, though. Nah, they're not very good. I think he should play. Aye, it's unfortunate because we Willow had a bad knee as well, but. But then yeah. Alec played, I think it was Alec that put my right back one day and I thought, why are you moving up there? Mm. Um, but Danny Griffin played in the centre of the park. Danny Griffin was good at the centre of the park. She's sitting and Danny Griffin used to get into a lot of trouble with, with these good pings into corners for the people that Derek Lowell to run onto. Mm-hmm. But then Danny thought he was a, a centre-half, which killed me. Danny was never a centre-half. Um, he was unlucky with injuries as well, was he not? Ah, uh, Danny was. Danny was a good boy. <laughs> Danny was at Rangers as a kid, few younger me, Danny. Um, obviously a Belfast boy as well, so I knew him since he was a kid. Um, and uh, but, uh, another player I have to mention, I've just, I, I can't believe I forgot about him, the king of the step over, Jim Patterson. Oh, Patty, oh. <laughs> Patty, <laughs> Patty, Patty. Honestly, that boy needed confidence. I just didn't believe in himself at all. Mm. Didn't believe in himself. Great lad. Um, I think he's, he was he was assistant manager with I can't remember the guy's name up at East Cobride in that low league so but I think Patty was doing alright I could play Patty 
It's never trusted to sell, never believed in selling up. Um, United fans loved him, did they? Aye. They really aye. did, because he just, the step over king, that's all he'd done. Aye. That's all he'd done in training, and he just got banned on step overs for an hour and a half and then went to him. <laughs> it's brilliant at them. He <laughs> was good at them, but he couldn't get past any cumber up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. Uh, the 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 next Mark Walters. <laughs> no, the next the next season's a, a big change in United the way as the uh, as the club because there was a lot of speculation at the start of the season that Eddie Thompson w- was gonna was gonna buy the club. As players, do you just ignore it or do you just get about your job? Because it was September till he come in, but I think right away a lot of people thought it was you know it was only a matter of time before he brought in his own uh, coach or manager, whatever you want to yeah. call it as well. Yeah, well, look, as players, it's none of your business, to be honest. I think if you're the manager, then you start worrying. Obviously, if guys come in and buy the club, then you always look for their own man, is what happened. Um, I just, I thought they would have given him to the end of the season, at least, obviously. Um, they sacked him, and then they thought they were getting McCall, McCall pulled out again. Then Heggy get the job, and Heggy, we went to Kilmarmot and got I think, we, I think we win two or three games. I think Higgy had this for two or three games. We win. I think we win all the games, I don't know. Mm, yeah, we've got we a, Livingston. Yeah, real good start. Uh, seven points for five games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't remember. We, beat, we win a few in a row for Higgy, especially. Aye. Um, but obviously... Was Malpass his assistant? Was Malpass... Was no, Slip, Slip, John Blackley, mental. Ah, right, Slip, okay. Brilliant. <laughs> John Blackley, great guy. Great guy. To be fair, I was very fortunate to work with these guys, but I didn't really know them. And obviously, it was great to meet some of these guys. And mm-hmm. obviously, Heggy was a legend. And I just hated this bastard from the day pre season. He was about mm-hmm. 55 year old. He was still running past people. <laughs> Ridiculous. Honestly, I hated him. Honestly, we should do the first day back, we should do four, 10 minutes the first thing in the morning, right? The first day back at pre season. So, four, 10 minute runs with a five minute rest. I've just done a 40-minute run. I didn't get a rest. I was just going running, running, running. They were all getting their bottles and just drinking their water. And I was just running in. They'd go, go again. And I'd just done a 40-minute run. A very slow 40-minute run, but a 40-minute run. I think I'd done a 60-minute run. There you go. You're, uh, you mentioned Stephen Thompson. You got him his move to Rangers. Billy Dodds came. Uh, the yep. other way Dodgy. and after yep. the spell he'd had I think for us it was it was a goal scorer that was back what was he like to play with? Yeah. I thought they had these opinions I, I, I don't go I don't know get on with anybody I, I'll always go on with everybody um, I still go on with Dodgy to this day um, but the wee man wasn't the Billy Dodds that went to Rangers to be fair mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when he came back I think he was putting too much butter on his toast um, <laughs> when he came back to us more than what I put in mine anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure in spells in that second uh, second time he was at United, maybe in the reserves. I seen him playing at sweeper sometimes. They were just trying to. They were just trying to get him games wherever he could fit into the team. It was. Aye, it was. It was hard. I think they thought they were getting the Billy Dodds for left back. Mm-hmm. So Rangers just got some daft wage ball, paid them up. We end up getting him another job, and then Big Tom will go his move and. We, I don't really think we spent anything to bring anybody else in or anything like that. And no. Obviously, that was because, was that no call to sell him? Uh, no, he was just, it was just before because uh, Thompson went right at the start of January and he wasn't appointed to the end of January. Right. Russell Latape also came in. 
Russell Lattery was a football player. Very good football player, Russell Lattery. Great football. He was actually he was actually worse than me at going out night suit though. <laughs> worse or better. So what, what, what was a Miller no, Lattery no like? No better. No longer like kept me I'm better than me at going out was my wife was up and down. <laughs> so that's how he was at six nights and I was only at five. Aye. <laughs> and you mentioned Ga- Gary Bolin, he come in there as well and so did Daniel Cherini. Which I Daniel just like the name. I can't remember him as a player. Aye. Big centre back, so, big, eh? big Daniel Cherini. Yeah. Aye, mm. um, lovely big lad as well. They both both one as well. I, that was Heggie brought these ones. Yeah, boys. Yeah, right before mm-hmm. McCall took the it job. Um, so Heggie brought in Bobo. Obviously, Dodds came in. Then Heggie uh, and the big boy Daniel Cherini. Mm-hmm. Um, and then McCall got the job. But it was the same because I remember doing it. Come we beat Come just, and it was said. Um, McCall was getting a job I thought they were going to give Heggie maybe at the end of the season and I think Heggie was a wee bit gutted um, I had a lot of respect for Heggie for what he'd done in the game and how he, how he was a person he was so I was disappointed for him mm. it's his club as well and, oh, of course of course and I wanted him and Moti maybe get the chance to kind of see how he'd done at the end of the season it wasn't it be and then McCall came in um, what did you think? yeah either I love McCall or you hate McCall I, yeah, I like McCall or you hate McCall. I like McCall. I got on well with McCall. And we didn't get off to a great start. Um, uh, the first day he came in, he said, I'm going to tell everybody some people are going to be other gussy and other ones are going to be out in the, out in the track with me doing a light warm-up. So some of you put your boots on and some will put your trainers on. So I put my trainers on and he goes, what are you putting your trainers on for? I haven't fucking mentioned your name yet. <laughs> and he goes, well, I like to train in the gussy with my trainers on. So, it didn't that kind of annoyed me a wee bit as if he came in to make his mark right away and I thought, ah, fucking yeah. fat dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I end up in the, I end up doing the run of track anyway. He's going to just try to prove a point. Mm. So, but, McCall, I got on well with Collie. I, I really did. Andy McClellan will tell you opposite. He hated him. Or he didn't like him. Andy didn't like him. That's, John, he's a bottle of him. Um, Andy McClam didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he said that he, uh, Andy McClam was playing quite well. Uh, he was building up a decent partnership with Jim McIntyre at, at one point and then McCall came in and it just, it just wasn't for him. Aye, McClam was brilliant. I had McClam and, um, who else was up front with McClam and, um, McClam, I can't remember who else was up front. Andy was up front, brilliant. Andy scored against Strangers at the 2-0 game we beat him. We Mark mm-hmm. uh, Mark Kerr scored a great goal as well, and he seemed to just change. I think if somebody had a bad twenty minutes, he would be in their bad books. So we cut. Well, it was brilliant when Andy McClarns <laughs> when Andy McClarns saying, but Andy must have told you the story. No, we never got to any of these. I, I think I, I know. You're right to tell us about his appearance money. Oh, tell it, it was tell the funniest it. thing I've ever today. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Andy McClellan goes up and signs a contract, right? So we're like, oh. And then we've come into the dressing room, Eddie Thompson, great guy, Eddie Thompson. A lot of respect for Eddie Thompson. A man of his word, I swear to you that. Um, so <laughs> Andy just signed his contract, agreed his appearance money and agreed his, uh, what do you call it, appearance fee and whatever, bonuses for one and whatever. So come down the stairs and Eddie's in the room with Collie. And he goes, eh, lads, I would really like it. I'd appreciate it if you could 
your, your appearance money and your win bonuses to the end of the season. <laughs> and Andy's just come down the stair for signing the contract. So I was pissing myself off. I thought that was hilarious. Um, to be fair, Andy was nearly greeting. So, Kevin, he'd done a, a Jim McLean contract, remember? No, Andy did all, I know, to be fair. Um, and the ink hadn't even dried in yet. And <laughs> he was having to do that. So it was quite funny, that was. Yeah. To be fair. Invisible ink. Oh, it was. All the boys agreed to do it. To be fair, it was better because. We end up with maybe X amount of money at the end of the season. And we, Eddie, as I said, is a man who's worth every single penny with his dues mm-hmm. was paid into our bank. And he looked after us that way. And so that was great. It was, you'd actually good amount of money to go on hold. You'll spend money on your hold. Do what you wanted to do. So you've only just yeah. blown it when you go to it. You know what I mean? So it was good. And, and as I say, I've got a lot of respect for Eddie Thomas. Unfortunately, yeah, he's passed away and he was a good man. And um, it was unfortunate, very unfortunate because he's, his son was near um his son's no. died <laughs> me, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I don't know, I just I just I was sad, I don't know about Stephen, so um but we had a it was quality one thing you mentioned Ian McCall you know he's going to come in try and make his mark and certainly the from the outset there was players signed you know Alan Archibald Scott Patterson Derek McInnes Mark Kerr Owen Coyle Colin Samuel and Jason Scotland who also liked a night out Chris Innes Andy McLaren like you mentioned and Barry Robson also came in it was a fair fair bit of incomings Barry Robson done your boots Barry Robson was a kit man at Rangers, uh, kit boys at Rangers with me. But Barry Robson was obviously, he used to come down and stay with me and my uncle when he was at Rangers because obviously stayed in Uptor Mictor, wherever it was, he stayed up at Maberdeen, Nicklewoods. In Barrouri, wasn't it? In Barrouri. <laughs> he was <laughs> up that way anyway. Aye, so he had to come down and so he would stay with us for a few nights and like that, so he wasn't alone in that. Um, great boy, daft as a brush. And I'll tell you, he nearly messed his career up and then he went away after the Rangers situation and he worked his socks off and got back into mm-hmm. a very good career. Um, Oleg, and you know why he's called Oleg, because he looked like Oleg Kuznetsov, obviously. Yep. Um, I thought he was a so great player at United. I thought he was great. He'd done very well, Oleg. He was a good, good player. So I thought, the, the one I thought was very unlucky was Scott Parson. He would have been a brilliant signing. Mm-hmm. Scott Parson was game. a good football player. He'd done his cruise at the second game. The first yep. game, is it all? Against Tibbs at uh, home? First game of the season. Was, was that? I thought it was Parkhead or something. I'll get Ronnie a check. He's got the internet open in yeah. front of him. It was certainly. Oh, did he get sent off? Or did he get sent off against the Hibs in the first game of the season? Was that it? Yeah, he might have. Not sure. But, but let's see. I can't remember anything. There was obviously a lot of players coming in. But was that Ian McCall, you think, trying to build his team as well? But he's bringing in, like, Derek McInnes come in. Right, his knees even player, working at this point? Because he was in a bad way, wasn't he? Just before that at West Brom with his knees. Ah, oh, Derek was always a fit boy. Derek was Derek had problems with his knees at night with Rangers and that as well. Derek was my bet. I was my roommate at Rangers, so it was good to see him coming up. And Derek was a hundred percent a born winner. Derek's situation at United was um it just didn't work out for him. He didn't he didn't get the run of games that he needed to get. It wasn't he just he needed maybe 10, 15 games. And at United at the time you can't really have that, you know, you need to be hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. So, and it didn't really happen that way for Derek. But you know, and I thought Archer done well. Oh, Archer both done well. They big calves. They were massively calves. Man. He was a unit, was he? Oh, he's a great boy, Archer. <laughs> he cares will come in and done well. Um, we went to we went to Obertron in Austria, which was the worst place in the planet. 
but we went there for pre-season training and you've seen the boys were good players and we played some they played a team called Aachen in Germany man they put the shit out of us man it was a ridiculous pre-season friendly we played them in Aachen I think they drew one each of them um, but it was a horrible place over Tron but um, we've seen some of the boys were going to be good players and we thought some of them ah this could be alright what was an Ian McCall pre-season like? Um, Coyle would take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Coyle would run and we would chase him. <laughs> Coyle was as fit as anything and we'd just run after Coyle. Mm. Coyle would run for hours. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But we used to have to do... We, we were... You were helping Coyle keep fit. That's what you were doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was a pacemaker in a race. Aye. Uh, uh, he was a pacemaker for the follower, but just running for the full time. <laughs> um, uh, Derek McInnes come in. Did he, re- he replaced you as captain, didn't he? Is that what happened? Nah, I didn't really. It wasn't really captain. Was it? I'd just been... Griff, Danny Griffin was captain and he kind of left and mm. we didn't really have a captain. I kind of calling me, giving me the captain's armband for a few games. And then he said to me, I'm going to make Derek captain. I said, that's fine. I, I just want to play and I'm just happy to play. But then, then being called a wee bit, of, not because of that, nothing. Um, we were playing, we were at the, uh, the Gussie and I was talking to somebody and then he said, um, here, be quiet, I'm talking to him. He said, shut up, you're fat dick. <laughs> <laughs> So he says to me, can I see you in my, in my office after? He, says, he tries to deny us, but it's true, I'm not joking. So we go up to his office and he says to me, um, you can go on a free transfer, you're not going to be in a squad tomorrow. So this is before we get pumped 5-0, by the way. And we were, I think it was close to January. And he said, I, you can go on a free transfer in January. Well, no worries, that's cool. It'll be me. Um, and I didn't play for the next couple of weeks and then we played Aberdeen at Paradise. I think we were getting beat 2 1 or 2 0. And I came on and I scored. I got brought down for a penalty and we win 3 2. And he's come on the pitch and he's trying to lift my horn and all that on the pitch in front of the fans. I says, Fuck off, what are you doing? <laughs> I says, Go away, man. And then the next minute he's trying to get me to say a new contract and, that, and that's when we went into the, the ferry with a few babies and then two's end up with a kebab and fish. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was about then. It was time for me to leave, and mm. it was. I, I liked him. I would play golf with him. We'd all go and have the golf days and that. So I didn't. I thought he had good ideas, but I thought he, if he respected some of his players better, he'd get more out of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't a bad. I didn't think he was a bad person. I don't think he was a bad manager. Mm. I thought it was disappointing the way he lost his job. I really do. Um. But. See when you mentioned you, you mentioned there obviously the stand-up diet of pints and kebabs and what have you. Is it true there was cakes and fizzy juice before a match? <laughs> Is that true? Well, well, the first day we would play volleys, wasn't it? The first day we would play volleys, whoever whoever lost the volleys would buy, and this was Collie's words, none of that, look as it fish. I am brewing coke on a Friday <laughs> and the, the worst player of the week, the the worst player the week before the training on the Friday would bring in the cakes for the Friday. So we were real, real athletes. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> would, would, would I mean, would everyone take part in the eating and the drinking of this or was it just his thing that he wanted uh, to was, watch? No, it was, it was just a, 
no, Brian, we weren't, it was a weak team taking a weak energy so that was all it was. It wasn't bad. Because mm. we used to, every Friday, uh, we used to go on for sockies anyway, so <laughs> we would go there. We'd go there, but that was our, our, pre, our yeah, Friday right. before the pasta. Yeah. Our, our, yeah. What do you call it? A Friday before the game, we'd go for a tuna salad or, or, and then my pasta. Mm. Kept us in the sockies. It's a smashing place. Mm-hmm. Get one there. And then we'd go there and we'd really look after us and then get, a good, as I say, a good pasta dish and a good salad before the game. The day before the game, and then obviously wherever we'd play on a Saturday, we'd obviously if we were travelling down to Glasgow for a game or whatever, then we'd travel down the bus, maybe stop off at the the hotel at the Dumbling Hydro, mm-hmm. Dumbling Hydro, stopped up mm-hmm. there a few times and maybe get a pre-match meal. Mm-hmm. So, um, wasn't it all just cream cakes and ham? But I don't get me wrong, he wasn't he liked his cream cake. Don't get me wrong, I think he probably had six of them as well. That was just building team spirit, though. That was him building his team spirit and getting cause yeah. it was a laugh. It was some of the votes were rigged because he used to have a yellow jersey, didn't you? And everybody signed it. So, um, how Jim McDay never got it ever away, I will never know. <laughs> you should still hate any Oh, I should have a friend. <laughs> Uh, when it was when it was the season was going on, you'd had your fallout in that. At what point did you sort of thought I'll maybe look for something else? Well, I was still trying to get me to sign a contract, and I think if I see sometimes I look at it now, it would have been good if me got Paul Gallagher saying because Gal went to Norwich, and I just mm-hmm. went. To, I went to Norway, and it, it was just beginning to build no bad team. I thought then because I think they finished the season strongly as well. I'm sure they finished the season quite strongly then. Yeah, we had an eight match unbeaten run at home, beat Rangers 2 0 at home, finished fifth yeah. in the league. You know, nah, so we were kind of building something. Um, and I, it was just, uh, we call it, it could change in a second. That's, and I thought, uh, I need to try something new. And I thought maybe time to try something abroad. Um, because you might never get a chance again. It was just, obviously, right, it's done. You know, we Robbie Winters was there, there. And I thought, oh, God, let's try it, see what it's like. Mm. That was bloody hard, that was, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> let's, go to the, let's go to the place in the world where everybody's the fittest guys on the planet. <laughs> and it's cold. Uh, it's a beautiful place. You, beautiful I mean, you went, bit, you went in a bit of a world adventure, Norway, Belgium, Australia. What, what, what was it like, the, the kind of, that, I think it was six years or so you spent travelling around the world a little bit. Aye, it was great. I can't really remember it because I was never at the pubs. <laughs> 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 no, to be fair, Norway was brilliant. Norway was really fit. I thought we were a strong team in Norway. We finished second in the league. Behind Rosenberg, who were strong teams and things like that, you know. So we should have, we should have won the league one year. Um, Rosenberg came back and beat us about three or four points, which was disappointing. But we were really strong, strong teams. Um, I played with the captain of Norway played in my team. We used to play at Blackburn, things like Martin Andreas and people like that. Um, so they were good, good standard of football. Um, but they were fat boys and it was pre-season was hard. Pre-season, because we, we used to go to... We would, so the season was finished, I think it was the beginning of November. So then these two weeks off, then we had to go back, get... They another two weeks of pre-season and then gives another two weeks off, which was horrific. Mm-hmm. And then we'd start back in January. So you'll just go straight in and then we'd go straight to La Manga for 
maybe 10 days day pre-season training. We come back to Bergen for a couple of weeks and then we go back to Marbella to train uh, sessions. I'm not joking you. And then we come back again and then back in March we'd go to um, La Manga again for, for a week or something like that and just get battered. So I thought, oh, this is killing me. So That's a strange regime. Oh, I frequented a few pubs and they trips, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, I'm pretty, you, you were an internet sensation when you were over in Norway as well, were you? Not? Did you not get pranked with something? The ah, punk, mate, it was, was brilliant. It was, it was good. I used it was to be brilliant. the boys. That. It was funny. It was funny. <laughs> um, I, I go on, as I, I, I don't, I don't know on many of my player, my teammates. I, I really don't. I, or hopefully a lot of them would say the same about me. I'm, very easy going guy and that, but I like to, I like a bit of wind up. I can take my wind up, I take my wind up, but, um, uh, they pranked me. They were stealing my motor and things like that. I, I blamed the wife right away. <laughs> it was involved in an armed robbery. Oh, I wasn't here, it was her. <laughs> <laughs> That's when your true colours come out. Oh, 100%. Out. Oh, was, the fun. Oh, was oh, was it was her. Oh. Yeah, you're talking. <laughs> joined the brownies. You're talking wind ups and that. What was the kind of who would you winding up in the United dressing room? Who was who was getting the the Charlie Miller pranks or the wind ups in there? Easter, I was bad to Easter. I love him, but I was bad to my Easter rugby born or that. Just because I just want to say, you only pass the ball sideways and <laughs> <laughs> big Jim Lachlan a dartboard because he had a bad back with acne and he used to. I was oh, it was terrible, terrible. <laughs> um. But uh, we, we used to, to be fair, it was a great bunch of boys there, and I loved every minute. I really did, and I, I loved. I wish I actually kept my house in the ferry. I loved staying in the ferry, but most of all, loved it. Um, great place, lovely people. Was stayed about next day, and uh, it was a nice, nice house and that nice place. And obviously, a nice place for get up to the is it the station? Just up at the up next to the. Call again the station restaurant, the railway, the railway tavern, railway tavern. Oh, there'll be a oh, totally escaped my mind. I can't even think. I can't. Up next to the big, see the two big lakes, Maniki. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Craigton Craig, Coaching, yes, that's what's called now. Yeah, Craigton yes. Coaching, yeah, yeah. No? But it used to, I don't know if it used to be called that then, but that was great. See, so you got up there for dinner and that because the ferry was great for restaurants and things like that. Yeah, and then nice Tally, Hall was, Tally Hall was always good when you were out with the boys. And... Well, I, I, I've got on my list and it just quite simply says Tally's Tuesdays because... Wednesdays, we, Thursdays, Mondays. We used to go to... Now, Graham, Graham used to own Tally's as a pal of mine. He's United season to go there as well. And uh, Tally's used to... You might not know this, Paul, right? Tally's used to a quiz on a Tuesday and most weeks it was yep. fine. And every other week when the United boys were in, it was carnage. Absolute carnage. <laughs> and nine times out of ten, most of them then went to the Mardi Gras, as it would have still been open at the time. Talk to yeah. us about some of these nights out. <laughs> Is that where Spider-Man originated? <laughs> no, Spider-Man originated when I used to go to the kebab shop and leave my kebab shop, leave my kebab outside the front door and I couldn't find my door. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't find my door. And I would wake up the next morning and come back to training or whatever, or wake up just wherever it was and then go, on my front door and there'd be a full kebab line there with chips and cheese and all that so see I was an athlete I never ate it I just used to <laughs> give the local businesses some cash that's it that's it um, it just yeah I just remember that most Tuesdays most of the United boys appear whether it was yourself and 
Tomo and whatever else. But you've said it before. It, it, it's one of those big things of the the way the squad is together and it's being together. You know, I think a lot of teams maybe lose it when players don't stay in the same area. But yeah. you're seeing that well, and that. Well, that's the thing. I, I was thinking about going and I was thinking about buying and Blaine. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have maybe no, I might not have enjoyed it at Dunyaita so much. See, travelling up and down every day. And see, I was obviously by most of all, 10 minutes along the road, five minutes, for that, whatever it was, travelling an hour every day or whatever it was for them Blaine. That might have been different. Because Jim McIntyre and Derek Lilly done it for a few years or whatever. Mm. Um, but I, I settled, settled right away. The people were great. And then there were some great golf courses as well going over to the uh, Dramoy. The guys were good United fans there. And they looked after us. They were great people mm. there as well. We used to, it was funny. We, were, we used to get there. The guy used to give me a deal where he'd give me a round of golf and a buggy for 20 quid. So the Dundee United Golf Day, we had all the players obviously have to go. So John Bennett, the director, was why to charge us 40 quid for the round of golf and a buggy and to play with fans. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? I said, I get this for 20 quid with a buggy. <laughs> and it was trying to charge I said how can you charge the players when it's a Dunya de Gogh people are fighting to play with us you daft bastard <laughs> <laughs> so I we end up going right okay we're not paying for us what are you talking about <laughs> it was craziness Want us to pay 40, 40 quid and I'll be back a steak pie later on <laughs> are you think you would go to a lot of these kind of functions as well and just enjoy yourself which I think just shows footballers are normal people oh 100% we used to I remember Big Tomo going up and getting the Montgomery Burns one about wee Eddie Thompson. He used to think you looked like Montgomery Burns. <laughs> oh, Big Tomo. Because I, I love, I like Ted, I really did a lot of respect for Eddie. Um, but I could be a great, great bunch of boys. I used to, I used to go to the play of the year If I was playing the year, I'd turn up if I, if I could. Um, if the fans wanted me to go along, I'd go along and get my play of the year or whatever it was mm, and just enjoy yourself which was get my free baby that's it um, <laughs> what, one thing I'll touch on Charlie something never come up at the time uh, I know you, you wrote about it you've done interviews about it but you spent two years going to Gamblers Anonymous meetings when you were at United yep. you know it was never you, you all said you were in control of the drinking you'd done it socially and whatever did, did the gambling side just take over at the time the gambling was see the gambling was not never it wasn't why I, I, I just didn't really care about lo- no losing see if I was up a grand I would put the see the last race I'd put a grand on that last race it was just stupid mm-hmm. I would just put a grand in the last race just to see what would happen to see if I'd win and I see if I could beat my nose and I was never an angry gambler I'd see if I get beat because it was me it's putting the money in it was the, somebody else had a pound on a horse his horse is allowed to win as much as mine is because I've got my yeah. money in it you get Obviously, some people who are angry gamblers. I was never an angry gambler. Um, so, I, I had a problem. I knew the problem because I, I didn't actually... I wanted to walk out with either 10 grand or nothing or 5 grand or nothing. You know what I mean? I would... It was yeah, stupid. No, I just... But nowadays, I, I have a football bet in that now. I've calmed it right down. There. And I know now because obviously I can't afford it as much as I used to be able to afford it anyway. But... I, as I went to Gamble Anonymous, I did, it taught me a lot because there was a lot, of, I thought it was hard. Obviously, there was a lot of people there and I found it difficult at first because there was people telling, in, uh, telling the stories, obviously kind of names and things like that, but there was people who would lose maybe £50 and 
they couldn't afford to do it because it was their food or yeah, um, their food money or, and I found that hard sometimes because I'm hearing these guys tell me their stories about I'm not going to be able to eat, and I was like, oh, I'm not give this guy fifty bloody quid, but yeah, that's not the way it works, uh, obviously. But and then some of the guys who would, I, it was difficult. It's a difficult situation. It's difficult to because there was some obviously some hard. It was some some people who were really worse than me because I was obviously mm-hmm. very lucky that well, my job and I had money to fall back on things like that. But it was hard, and it was it was I struggled to see other people. Yeah. And go through the, the same stuff. Um, yeah. never I, people, you know. I've 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 been to I've been to a couple of the meetings myself uh, as like a supporter for someone else, uh, yeah. and it's it's just amazing. Like I a, a lot of it I didn't understand because I I could either place a bit or then a place a yeah. bit, or you know it doesn't put me up and down. But but listening to some of the stories in the places like th- this was ruining lives. People were thinking about ending their life. Yeah, of course. And I, there was a bit of me that just couldn't believe it. You know, I'm thinking, just just in a bit. Or just... Yeah, I know. Me, I mean, it's easy for me to say it, but it's obviously it was such an addiction to these guys. It's, it was so What's eye-opening. That? So eye-opening. So I could only imagine uh, oh, what, what you went obviously through. Obviously, it's an addiction, but mine wasn't a bit... I was... I, I had to be doing something. I was... See if the boys when they come round to my house, like sir, I'd get Tom and be Jamie Buckingham and that round to the house and they play Tiger Woods. So we'd go in and have a laugh, maybe if we would have a beer, maybe another beer or whatever in the house and just sit and just we got on well. Um but see if nobody would come round to the house, I'd just go straight to the bookies. See if I was just gone for yeah. training. I'd go straight to the bookies or what because I'm bored. That's what it was. Bored, it's yeah. like bored yeah. and it's and all football players, I don't know so much now. Obviously, I can do it online now. Imagine if I had it online then. God almighty. Oh, it would have been horrific. Because we're getting lazier and lazier, but the players are getting fatter and fatter now. Yeah. Um, but oh, I, I, it was it was an eye-opener for me, and it was it was a shame for a lot of the people. Obviously, I was stupid. And just, ah, bugger it. Never had money when I grew up, so this guy would be like, ah, forget about it, that's it. Uh-huh. But myself and Paul Charlie, we got a real eye opener. We had Danny Swanson on, and he was telling us when he was signed for United, he had to go into the digs initially. And Johnny Russell backed this up as well is that the amount of young boys in the digs that would get their wages and just go right to the bookies. And this was, you're talking right. maybe 10 years ago, which I think me and Paul both found that's unreal. You know, really young yeah. lads. You know, it's not a great way. I mean, I think Johnny Russell says it's like 3 90 a month they got back then. Within a day, that had nothing. And they were lucky they were living in the digs getting, getting their three meals a day, but that's a crazy, crazy way to, you know, just spend your money probably chasing more than anything else, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing is, people are saying we should be getting rid of gambling out of our game, but we need the gambling companies to sponsor us. They're the guys with the money, so we need the money. Yeah. But there shouldn't be a... Like, so when, during the football game, there's about... 40 different adverts mm-hmm. telling you to gamble and then it's a small writing please gamble responsibly that's yeah. the quickest bit you know what I mean it's you could bet on anything you could bet on how many oh. throw-ins you could bet on the first tackle anything it's, it's incredible what you can bet on these days like ah, it just crazy. encourages encourages the, that sort of behaviour it's unfortunate yes. but it's just the way it is no 100% definitely what can the so what, what can the young players in Scotland learn from 
kind of your era player or what do you find really different compared to what you guys had back in your day? Well, first and foremost, I, I get shouted at by the manager and I went and said to my agent, my manager went, what? You're never playing for me again, son, so bugger off. It was just the upbringing, that was that. You, you shouted at. Yeah. You have to, it's how you react to it and how you can go on with it. Some of the boys mm-hmm. get a cuddle, some of the boys get shouted at. Um, Archie Knox, Walter, Alex Smith, these guys, they're old school, but they were great guys, great coaches, and they shouted at you for a reason, not to be bad to you, to try and help you, to kind of toughen you up. Nowadays, I think, I think they get it much easier. I really do now. I think they get it much easier now. Um, They get get it easier from from the get-go though, Charlie, because there's you saying that you, Kirke used to send you into the showers with your toothbrush to try and clean the grout or whatever else you were cleaning. I I, I don't think that that happens anymore. You maybe get the guys cleaning boots or something. Yeah. Well, I had to sit and I used to have to get my tea and toast into Walter's room and see Archie with his shoes and socks on his shirt and tie on and his big boys just dangling about. That was a horrible <laughs> sight for a wee guy. <laughs> I would have dropped the tea and toast. Honestly. There was no toast, sorry. I had a toast in the way, <laughs> what are you, uh, What are you up to these days, Charlie? What are you involved in? Obviously, I'm doing a wee, I've got a, a wee job with my, my mate up the road. Just day that. Few, well, I do it when I'm not coaching, obviously. So I'm usually, I've got seven wee football teams. I've had my football team um, my football academy since 2011, so nine years, nearly ten years. So, um, seven teams I've got. Obviously, at the moment, it's for struggling because nobody's playing able to play at all. So yeah. it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm me and Simon Donnelly. We do the, what do you call it, well, summer camps, Easter camps, October camps, all that together in Glasgow. We're up to Furzo, places like that, and doing Eastern Ra. Um, so, but just, an, I, I coach a Monday night, Friday night, and then my team's playing a Sunday. I try and get to every every kid's game I can. Obviously, it's not possible because we've got seven teams playing in the same kind of morning. So I try and kind of vary it. But I've got good coaches and I love every minute. So I'm producing some great kids we've got. And obviously, we lose some of the pro youth. We came out a few years ago and played against Don United, actually. Mm. Um, my team, well, one, one of my teams. My old, is that? Well, one. I don't know one. We played, we played three games. <laughs> Get up, you bastard! Have you seen my colours? Have you seen my colours as well? I have not. Kid strips. They're black and orange, by the way. Nice. Like well, good. Wonderful. Um, I'll root for you boys next time. No, but we came up and obviously my team had won the Blackpool tournament, my weights team. So we came up and played obviously a few of the kids. I think it was a mix of eights and nines. Mm. And Danny looked definitely great. So we just came up, drove up, came out on the pitch and played. Um, I think one, one of the first, I think we played like three twenty five minutes. Um, obviously, you're just a boys club, so you're not going to be picking, you're, you're not actually a boys club, you're just an academy where we have to try and coach whatever we get in. So the five-year-old, we really want the kids to come in and then we can start working on them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then we can kind of coach them, try and bring them on better. It was hard when I first started, you're bringing in 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds and 8-year-olds who'd never kicked a ball before and so we'll just try to get up and running. So yeah. we're getting there now. We're, we're, the last few years we've lost a lot of boys to pro youth. 
Mm. Was yeah, coaching I'm, just a, a sort of next thing for you then? Was there a real sort of interest after your playing no, career finished? I've, I've got my B license. So I went and done my B license in Belfast um, uh, four years ago or something. I think it was. And I've put my name in for a couple of jobs. But with my reputation as in enjoying my life, people think <laughs> I don't know anything about football, you know, which is, I don't know think they don't know anything about football. But um, I played under Walter. Advocate, Martin O'Neill, Graham Taylor, um, Alex Smith, McCall. So I've got a fair idea of the game. Mm-hmm. And I've obviously attained bits and bobs for each person. Um, so I think I would have been, I think I would be no bad. I think I could be a good coach, but hey, well, that's the way the job is flatters, as I say in Glasgow. But um, I don't think I'll get in as in managing or coaching or anything like that. Probably miss a trick now, 44 year old now. So um, I just enjoy doing what I'm doing mm. clubs will come and steal my best players for me they'll go forward or whatever I also send them back to you and say <clears> stay with, your, stay with your, your club and we'll keep an eye on you so in other words stay there and we have to make them better then they'll take them again you know what I mean so yeah is there clubs that have, have uh, reached out to you guys then uh, doing what you're doing and saying have you got any players for us other players well we've had players at Rangers we've had um, players going into Airdrie, most players to Queen's Park, Murrowell, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll lose mm-hmm. players. So we've got. Can you know ship kids. some? Can you know ship some up to Dundee? Well, I would, I would do that no problem. But it's obviously the situation is, um, I've not got a Glasgow guy that kind of looks after them for them, which is bloody crazy because, um, Ben United great Glasgow, Glasgow yeah. players, them mm-hmm. Stirling players and. Obviously, a big dunk. You've got a big dunking stand. You've got the Gary Bowling and obviously Alec Clellan stand. You've got, <laughs> you know what I mean? Stephen Thompson, part of stand. How he get, how he, he could get no, the stand, I'll never know. No, um, he, got a, he got a dugout. That's <laughs> what he got. Probably. No, but just that's the thing. I just don't understand how, like, say, players like Billy McKinley, Bad, uh, Paddy Conley, and all these guys, all Glasgow boys, and I, I just kind of believe that, that there's n- nobody bringing them through anywhere the world doesn't mate it really does mm. yeah uh, looking back on uh, kind of if, if, if we forgo the current situation as we record this and what's going on just now good to see United back in the Premiership after the four years the fans have been through and down in the Championship yeah I, I think Dundee United and Dundee have to be in the league I think the day if, if reconstruction's there I, I don't believe we can have a 14 team league I really don't uh, I think it's very difficult. But you need Hearts and Hibs. You need Dundee and Dundee United. You need the old firm, obviously. Even if you're wanting to go a 14 team like if they had to, why not bring in your Morton and St. Mons, our Darby's? Because we need to we need to try and get as many fans into games as possible. We'll try and make it exciting. Try and, and look, Hamilton's and they, they do well every year. The, the budgets are obviously not great, whatever. But we, we, it's not exciting, no. No, it's not. looks forward to a game against Hamilton, I don't think. But what you're okay. saying, derbies, people like watching derbies. TV companies, yeah. you would think, would be, would be interested in that. Yeah. Mama against mm. there or things like that. Or, you know what I mean? It's just... We've got to earn it, though. I think we've too many clubs. I really do. I think there's too many clubs. I really do. I think... Which is obviously... There's fans of every club and we've got 42 clubs for how small our country is and 
then other junior clubs and the, the lowland leagues. Put the put together yeah. guys together, like the Fife United and things like that. And I, I don't know how it would work. Out. It's a very difficult situation, and and you'll be pissing off the Fifers with your comment like that. <laughs> no, I know. I know be somebody else just, that doesn't like you. No, ah well. Ah well, Charlie. Just um, to uh, to finish off, how do you sum up your time at United? I enjoyed it. I really did. I enjoyed it. Um, I loved living in the ferry. I loved it. I loved playing for Dun United. Um, I had three and a half, four good years. I think. Um, I think we, we were very unfortunate because we got to a few semi-finals. We always seem to get Celtic, who at the time were the strongest. They were the strongest team. We never beat Celtic um, anyway, so. Nah, it was difficult because they. I remember Hartson and Sutton and then Larson. They used to just is all the place it was horrible yeah um, they were a big big team well um, speaking of big in Ronnie's notes here in front of me we've got you doing as 5 foot 10 now I ah. would have thought you were I would have thought that that was in your hair heels <laughs> I, but, I, uh, that was my stilettos definitely 5 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just come for the Arab archive for our partners. Five ten, five ten wide. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a, a favourite game or goal while you were at United? Well, I think the, the goal against St Mung wasn't bad when we went four 0 Peach, um, Peach, Forest Mechanics. It was in against them. To be fair, Forest Mechanics. Well. Uh, I think Aberdeen fans came in to wind up. Remember, their game got abandoned that day against St Johnson. Passes were coming in, trying to hit the pies. <laughs> so they did. Um, uh, but the forest mechanics are great, obviously. Um, but the Sitman one was Sitman one was a real good. I, go against them, Demon. Why not against them at Dens Park as well? Um, mm-hmm. I had a few decent ones. Obviously, the one against St. Johnson when they had to win to kind of stay up, and yeah, that was an important one. You know, it was an important one. So, um, okay, I had, I had a great time. Some some time up would just be disappointing, but actually really push on and win a trophy and like that's always disappointing you know um, I thought we could have done um, so it's a bit of a mentality obviously we didn't have a mentality but as I said we always go at the the semi-final was always, I think it was twice or three times we played and we could sell it three times I think we lost three one twice against them and that's when you look it when you get them in the draw aye uh, first, simple as that I think it was a Scottish Cup semi-final we were we were doing well and I think it was 44 minutes. I think Jim Lockman went to let the ball go or was it DeVos? I can't remember. And then Sutton got around a boot and whipped the ball in and Larson scored the header for anywhere. That was mm-hmm. 1-0 right in half time. Uh, so, but that was disappointing though actually winning anything. So, but hey-ho. So thank you very much to Charlie Miller for giving up uh, a Tuesday evening, I believe it was. Uh, or was it a Monday evening? I can't remember. It was Either way, two anyway, but, we were on the cans. But he was... He was, he was good fun I think we were all on the cans there wasn't anybody on the kebabs at that point anyway but it was good to hear uh, hear about his time at Tanadice and he's obviously he'd been through a lot he's been through a lot in life and uh, he speaks very fondly of United uh, as most of the, the ex-players that we speak to do which is always nice to hear from a United fan's point of view so uh, yeah very a very big thank you to him and also a thank you to uh, his good friend Andy McLaren for helping us set that one up uh, because we got in touch with Charlie. I didn't want to put him on the spot when we were speaking to him, but we got in touch with Charlie uh, many months ago and it was completely rubber. Uh, 
so we'll have to go through Andy McLaren again. Mm. I, I, I think we, I, I think we mentioned in there is that he's never really sat and spoke about his United career at length, <clears throat> which I think is, you know, it's, it w- was good to do and really interesting, you know. But you know, characters and that, and certainly, I mean, it was the the, the kind of off field. As I think everyone knows, he he could have done, you know, he could have been. You know, he could have been a Rangers midfielder for for years, and then he wouldn't have been at United. And well, lucky when we got him. But uh, you know, a, a character on and off the park. But some of the performances he put in for United were incredible. And Brilliant. right when yeah. he speaks about some of the goals and the memories, or just just Craig Easton picking him up when he's beetle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, brilliant, absolutely. Brilliant. But it was great. It was great to speak to him. You know, I was a huge Charlie Miller fan when he was at United, and the way he played, the swag he had, and you know, and uh, he loved the Tallis Tuesday. So there you go. He loved the Tallis Tuesday and a, a goal against the D's. We're not going to grumble at that, right? On this day, in association with the Arab Archive, preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club. Since 2006, we've got one game, four signings, a birthday boy. And we will start in 2000 as Paul Sturrock made nine changes to the team which lost out to Bohemians and this was a game which saw a vast improvement. We beat Bray Wanderers 2-0 with goals from David Partridge and Jim Patterson, the step-over king, as mentioned uh, in our chat with Charlie Miller. Four signings today. was actually five, but he's also a birthday boy. Um, As always, Paul, I'm going to give you the year. I'm going to give you the player. Tell us what you think. 2011. In a word. Do you want a word or do you nah, want like a... Well, it depends on the player. It'll depend. Okay. Depend what you think. 2001, a player that we spoke about a few times, spoke to John Russell about him as well. Gary Mackay Stephen. <laughs> KFC uh, Steeler. Another KFC Steeler. Uh, Dode Fox podcast message rubberer. Because <laughs> he's been sent a message as well. <laughs> Uh, but GMS was was class, and the one the the abiding memory I have of him is that thing that he done to poor old Dave Mackay, uh, who's probably still getting counsel on about that. Uh, it was just amazing. I can genuinely hand on heart remember when he done it at the time, turning to the, my mate that was at the game we and saying, "I cannot believe what I've just seen that. I have never seen anything like that." on a football pitch in my life and it was just brilliant and then Johnny Russell the other week he said that he fluffed his lines when the cross eventually came in because he was thinking the same but GMS was a very good player with us mm. very yeah, good incredible. player uh, 2015 Cole Donaldson <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what I quite like Cole Donaldson when he comes back to Tanadice there was uh, he obviously wasn't great for us for for whatever reason and he didn't help himself either I don't think because when he was when he was a subby and the, the subbies would warm up on the pitch at half time he would just try and ping shots for about 40 yards and I'm not sure if he was trying to score or hit the bar or hit people in the, the Eddie Thompson lower but it, it just appeared that his attitude was all wrong but the, my one memory of him is when he came back with Inverness and I, th- I can't mind what game it was but we, we won the game anyway and the ball got rolled back to him for a shot just outside the box into the shed end. And I think the bar landed in dens and the the, the chorus of EO, EO. Mm. It's hilarious, mate. It was he, absolutely He went to hilarious. the Yannick Luemba school of shooting. He did. Well, I mean, I've I've seen somebody clear the shed and I've seen Yannick clear the east. Yannick's uh-huh. is still more impressive. 
Uh, still more impressive. So, called Donaldson? Shite. <laughs> now, you need to be careful of these next couple. 2016, Cammy Smith joined on loan. <sighs> I'm not sure what to make of Cammy Smith. Eh? He's the sort of guy... He's in now. It's definitely a player in now. I, I think so. I think so. Uh, so do, do you know he scored number six? Oh, I'm more than aware he scored number six. Yeah. Uh, time will tell on Cammy Smith. He's had he's had a couple of games, no more than that, where I've thought that he he's the real deal here. But then I don't know if it's because he doesn't get a run in the team or we've just played him out of position. Well, do you remember that first time he came in in 2016 alone, the hat trick against Partick? He was excellent he was that night. Phenomenal that day. Mm. Phenomenal that day. And I think was he not just playing up front on his own, and there was somebody behind him. Mm. So or was he? I, yeah. I think with Mickey coming in, <laughs> saying as if he's my mate. We've never even met them on. We met him, Mister Mellon. Mister Mellon. Oh, God. Uh, and if people have not bought inflatable melons yet, you, you, we're missing a trick here. By the way, we are missing a trick because that's what we need to go on mass the tannadice with. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he, 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 a new manager, hopefully give him that that chance. To, to do something uh, 2017 Dennis Mehmet the world's worst goal celebrator that's what that's what I think we spoke about this Dennis. we spoke about this before I think because the game actually come up and on this day but do you mind the rumours of him what was he doing a triple pike somersault for <laughs> and he didn't it was nothing like that it was just a jump and then a land and then a broken knee or whatever but Dennis I think Dennis is quite a uh, I think he's a decent goalkeeper, you know. I'm I'm quite comfortable having him and Benji as the the one and two. Yeah, and uh, we've added a number three, it seems, as well with uh, Jack Newman, uh, goalkeeper, correct reserve slash under 19s because obviously Fraser Currid went. I think Josh Johnson yes. went as well. So that's obviously the role for for him and got a wee bit of action in the friendly yesterday. And uh, so that's our signings, kind of. Uh, our birthday boy uh, was signed a year ago today, so it was also a signing. He was identified by uh, United through the club's new scouting process, signed a three-year deal, made his first appearance in a United, United jersey in a pre-season friendly against Brecon City. It's a happy 25th birthday today to Adrian Sporla. Happy birthday, Adrian. There's definitely a player in there. I would like to see more of him this season. Uh, probably in a slightly more advanced position than left back. Yes, indeed. And I'm, uh, yeah. So obviously this is the point you want me to wish you a happy birthday, but we're not going to do that. But uh, we spoke about the walk is what the week's all about. So obviously it's your birthday today. You're obviously going to get that out of the way. Um, uh, and then uh, do, will you will you guys train this week or will you just do normal kind of walks? You're not going to try and do 30, 40 mile or anything in training just in case? No, no, nothing like that. No, I'll, pro- I'll get out for a couple of 10 milers or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll be saving the legs. And then... Friday, Saturday, whenever, whether young team for Tynecastle approaching you and whatever, uh, get off, set a pace, try and get, well, obviously for people to raise as much as we can, which given a week ago, it was an idea. Six days it w- ago, it was a thousand pounds. It wasn't pounds. even an idea. Yeah, it, was a th- it wasn't even a, an idea a week ago. You know, it was a thousand pounds was the the kind of aim, you know, as we've recorded this, it's at 35,000, which is uh, truly amazing. You know, just a, a magnificent total. And what, what I've liked is when you, you've said, and I think I've saw you say on Twitter, but you've said in the group chat a few times, it's just, I'm just, just going for a walk with my mate. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. 
that, I tell you what, if you were ask Bagande the same, he would he would say the same as well. Yeah. Uh, would, because we just we just like each other's company, get out, stretch he, the legs. He's too busy befriending specs. foxes. What's going on there? He is, he is. He's he's the fox whisperer. <laughs> he is indeed. That's what he is. How is <laughs> how is his how's he going with it? Is he the same as you? Just go get some miles in, a couple of walks this week to just you know battle through. Because he's obviously done. Uh, he done Arbroath the other week, didn't he? He walked to Arbroath yesterday. So so on Saturday. Uh, yeah. So aye, Andy, we, we we can walk for miles, but people have said to us. How far have you have you walked? Because obviously you, you you're out walking all the time, and the most that I've walked is 29 miles. I think Andy, the Not most he's done. I took the wrong turn again. I'm a nightmare. The most that Andy's done is about 35, 36. So this will be a few steps into the unknown, but I'm I'm totally confident that we'll be able to do it. Like mm-hmm. it's only walking. It's not that difficult. Listen, famous last words on uh, I, I mean on behalf of all our listeners and myself as well we wish you obviously both of you the the best of luck for it I cannot wait to uh, hear all about it next Sunday uh, I, I mean it's going to be recorded for your bed you were telling us which was creepy I'm just hoping it is you're in and uh, <laughs> you know it'll be Andy's <laughs> well no, I, I mean, I was to be fair. I was going through Sue, Sue under the bus there with that. But if you want, you and Andy want to catch up. That's cool. Um, as I mean, if you need to go for a shite in the field, just wash your hands, clean your asshole. You'll be all right. We we'll move on. We will be. I hope you raise a fortune more over the next week. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to keep yeah, it open for a, a couple of days afterwards as well, uh, just because people actually go show me proof that you've done that, and then you can show them a picture of your monkey feet or. Somebody out there, right? Now I'm just putting this out there. Somebody might have a monkey foot fetish and might want to buy pictures of that to raise even more money. Couple of grand, I'll send anything they want. Anything. Is it also true you're doing this this naked calendar? I've suggested it, but the people that have suggested it have took the books instantly, so it's probably not the best suggestion I've ever come up with. Listen, if you if you do want to sponsor the boys, uh, head to our social media pages. We are at Dode Fox Podcast. The links are all in there. You can click the link in our bio on all of them, and you can click through it to GoFundMe. It's got GoFundMe, Tynecastle, Tanadice. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be another crazy week for you. I think the pound signs are going to just keep coming in. Uh, you'll be glad you bought the trainers the other week now, I imagine. Certainly am. Well, well broken in, uh, and again for people that have uh, offered you help and and whatever else, and you want to back the guys, whether it's in money or donations for whatever else towards us, it, it's absolutely incredible for two boys that just want to go for a walk. And when I saw it was a thousand, I thought it's going to be easy a thousand, and it was there pretty quickly. But you know, thirty five grand, you know, does it sink in? Does it? Does it? No. Does it feel real? No. But uh, but ultimately, it's all it all goes to the club, and that's that's what it's all about. Uh, when we're not looking for a any pat on the back or nothing like that. Just the more that gets raised, the better. And it's the the, the real thanks goes to every single person that's put their hand in their pocket and donated. You know what? Uh, to our daftys that are doing a wee walk. 